So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Bailey of BS Beats and Bailey. And uh, before we get to our official podcast slash final episode of season one of BS Beats and Bailey, um, I'm going to do something a little special here. I brought on a, a guest commentator of mine. Well, just, uh, uh, sorry, I brought in a, a guest commentator to provide his top list of the year. In this case, is um, top 10 tech of the year. His name is Donald Haffenden, really good friend of mine from Brooklyn, New York, you know, representing East Coast all the way. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't be able to make it to our podcast because of, you know, time constraints. But he was willing to provide an audio uh, recording of uh, him really talking about his list of um, top 10 tech. And I might just put that along with a, you know, just a little simple little vid as well too, which you'll see in the next minute or so. So um, please check it out and also leave a comment or two and also check out his website which is indev.news which is indev.news where basically he just reviews and talks about you know all things technology and also check out his photography website he's a, he's a really great photographer even better than me I would admit it's called um, upbound.net so it's u-p-b-o-u-n-d.net so check that out if you want to see some really awesome pics and yeah so once that's done, you could swing over to our podcast where we're, gonna, where we're just going to talk about best and worst movies of the year, um, best TV of the year, best music of the year, and in my case, best hip-hop albums that I've listened to for the year, and best EPs as well too, you know, because we have to acknowledge the EPs that came out. There were quite a good amount that came out this year as well. And also leave a comment or two and let us know what were your favorite things, what, 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 what were the favorite things of 2015 for you? So yeah. That's it. So I'll put you on now to Donald Haffenden and his top 10 tech of 2015. What is up, everyone? This is Donald, a.k.a. Arm of Justice from Indev News. That's I-N-D dot N-E-W-S, standing for humanity, which is always in development. I'm coming to you on by the behest of Legally Black. Shout out to Matthew and his friend Ricardo. And this is my top 10 tech of 2015. This list is subject to change. However, it is my opinion. It is my list after all. It may not contain any Apple products. The iPhone 6S surely was a competent device and so was the MacBook um, refresh. However, this is my top 10 list as I'm sure as Matthew and Ricardo's list will be also their favorite films and albums of this year. Also, please forgive any background noises as I am recording pretty close to a busy road. That being said, let's get this little list started. So, number one, and I I struggled with two different devices and I actually cheated and I put both of them there. Um, but I put the Surface Book and the Surface Pro 4 uh, on this list. And as many of the items on this list will be a combination of just various types of consumer technology. So it may not be top 10 in terms of um, one particular category like laptop or camera or phone or tablet. That being said, also a lot of these devices I can't afford. <laughs> and I either went into B&H Photo or the Microsoft Store or Best Buy and I tried to get my hands on them. Um, but some of these devices I may actually have had some hands on time. And um, for starting off, the Surface Book um, and the Surface Pro 4, if you watch the Microsoft event, 
then you would know just how awesome Panos did, um, for the most part, of introducing these devices and making Windows fans feel like they are, well, that they're finally at an Apple event, that they could finally take on Apple and say, hey, look, we have some cool stuff, you know, so take that. Now, I am platform agnostic. I'm not married to Apple, nor am I married to uh, Microsoft or any other particular platform, but I do live uh, very much in the Windows ecosystem, and Anthony, who's just a co-founder of InDev, is very much um, a Windows fanboy, but in a good sense, not blind to logic. And we both discussed in our podcast just how awesome these devices looked. The Surface Pro 3 was already a great device that Anthony owns, and the Surface Pro 4 with this new type cover really sort of change the game, I think, in terms of just how that type cover feels, uh, the keystrokes um, with great travel, backlit, and even has a fingerprint sensor in one of the modules, and um, the Surface Pro 4, you can get up to a terabyte of storage, 16 gigs of RAM, you know, really high-res display with a 3 by 2 aspect ratio that makes sense for productivity, ultra-portable, pretty light, um, I must say it's a great device, uh, and I, I wish I had you know, the however much, you know, money <laughs> that you need to go there. I mean, I remember in the podcast, Anthony was saying that we should we should go rob a bank. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We're not going to rob a bank, but we wanted to, man, to get those devices. And the Surface Book is even better. Um, now, both these products are really buggy um, at launch. And Microsoft has done a good job of releasing patches to address most of those problems. Stutterness in um, the Chrome browser issues when you try to detach the Surface Book's uh, screen from the dock. Um, but what I would like to see from the Surface Book going forward um, is we've established that they can put a quad-core, I believe, maybe dual-core, i7 processor or i5 processor, depending on which model you buy, in the actual screen. So you have a whole-ass computer in the screen, and that's awesome. Um, so personally, I think... You know, they should really try to come up with um, a sort of, like, docking solution that will even uh, let gamers um, take full advantage of this whole detachable, reattachable screen setup. Because that would be really sweet. Because the only thing that's in the dock of the Surface Book is a bunch of battery, the discrete GPU if you bought that version, and some I.O. You can get that, um, use that design to make... I think Asus has a product like this where you plug in the screen um, into a dock that has, you know, maybe a water-cooled GPU or something like that. That would be really sick. Um, and you could be flexible depending on the... You can use whichever dock that you need depending on what your what your needs are. Um, that would be great. Um, but those are great devices. Definitely support them. My second um, device, and I haven't got a chance to use this, but it seems... It makes me salivate all the time. And that's the HTC Vive which just got FCC approved. Um, so it's going to be coming to U.S. markets at least very soon. Um, that device, man, it it's it's VR, but like apparently on a whole nother level. And I agree with Michael Fisher from Pocket Now when I would say that if I had it like that, I would just get a room and dedicate it to the HTC Vive um, if what people are saying about it is true. I mean, we're going way beyond Gear VR for Samsung's smartphones. Um, I think you need a desktop GPU or connected to a computer somehow to make this thing work. Um, but it's incredibly immersive, I've heard. Um, and I've heard quite some 
uh, good reviews about that product. Um, I actually got a chance to try Gear VR, um, and it's really good. I'm not going to lie. And that's powered off of a cell phone, so HTC Vive must be taking things to a whole nother level. All right, so let's um, let's keep it moving. For number three, I have Windows 10, uh, the desktop launch. And it was not without fault, for sure. Um, Windows 10 uh, is still in development, and not just because of the name of this podcast or this blog, and not just because Windows as a service is now a thing where Windows, Microsoft is continuing to release a patches for Windows on an ongoing basis and not in major service packages. But um, Windows 10, with all of the caveats, was just a really solid uh, release. It's free until July 29th, so it was free for a year when it was released. Um, I recently upgraded my desktop, and I've had a couple of hiccups, but more or less, it's some really great software. Um they have an insider preview program, which you could try to, you know, use the product for free, but you're going to have to deal with the bugs therein. And Microsoft is known for their bugs. Trust me, there is not a single Windows 10 mobile device on this list for a reason. And I'm sad to say that. That being said, Windows 10 surely brings a lot to the table uh, in terms of reintegrating what people loved from Windows XP and Windows 7 and bringing a lot of the streamlined um coding that you found in Windows 8 and a lot of and bringing that uh, sort of kernel of things if you will sort of one kernel or, or I think you call it one core I think and that you essentially code for one program or one platform and if your program is apt for uh, moving to other platforms you've essentially coded for all different types of programs I mean platforms excuse me so I can make a program that can run on Windows mobile and it can work on the desktop. And then with a little bit of tweaks, it can run on Xbox One. Um, and without a, without a huge investment in coding time, there are also pet projects out there to bring iOS and possibly Windows 32, Win32 desktop apps to the scene. I'm not sure if that's really the case. Um, I know that the Candy Crush app in Windows 8.1, for example... Um, and in Windows 10 Preview, Mobile Preview, uh, was iOS is iOS code using one of their projects, uh, these specialty projects to bring those types of apps over. Um, and I know the Android uh, project has been, you know, put it on indefinite hold because of just technical issues therein. That being said, this is some great stuff that we're seeing coming out of Windows 10, and I think Microsoft is forced to iterate and innovate or perish, especially given the mobile market and how they're just floundering in, in that mobile space. Um, but yeah, so Windows 10, just the launch of Windows 10 in general, uh, is some really good stuff, and um, I'm looking forward to it. So for number four, um, we're going to go to the camera now, and the Sony A7S Mark II. If you've heard anything about the Sony A7S, the original, it is a ridiculous, 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 ridiculous camera in terms of low-light performance. Um, you can record externally to 4K, but the original was only capable of 1080p internally. Um, and that was okay, because, um, you know, it could record some solid video. This Mark II is capable of internal 4K, which is nice. Obviously, not the, the best codec in the world, but it's it's there. It's 12.2 megapixel sensor, I believe, um, which is great, because you have a smaller 
uh, pixel size to sensor size ratio because it's a full frame sensor, but you're not packing a bunch of pixels in there. Um, so it's not really aimed at studio photography. It's aimed at low light performance. Obviously, it has a lot of issues like other DSLR video-esque modules have, such as perhaps rolling shutter, um, not the best audio setup. It's really a stills camera um, in its makeup, but the low-light photography in terms of what you can capture for video for this thing is absolutely just crazy, and it gives you a lot of flexibility if you're lighting your scene well in terms of how deep you can make your focus. I mean, how how... You can make that focus, um, you know, you don't have to go to F1.8. You don't have to go to F1.4. You can stay at F4, F5, because you have ISO flexibility. And if you're lighting your scene well, even outdoors, you can you have more flexibility than you normally would have otherwise. Um, so there's that. Uh, the Sony A7S Mark II, and it's cheaper than something like a Canon 5D Mark III. That's which is still you know three four thousand dollars with a lens. This thing is around two grand, which you know I mean that's not cheap. <laughs> I certainly can't afford it, um, but it's de it definitely makes me want to adopt. It definitely makes me want to adopt um, Sony lenses and Sony mounts if I had the budget, just because of the flexibility of using that as both a video camera as well as a stills camera because I do do my photography photo dot up on the net f h o t o dot u p b o u n d dot net shameless plug for my photography side business um but let's gonna move on let's talk about a true video camera and that's the canon c three hundred mark two that's my number five pick and it is a really great camera all around I would encourage you to look it up um it's capable of four k i think if you get the proper sensor or a proper upgrade it might be built in I'm not exactly sure about that. I think that's more for the C500 territory, though. Uh, but you can buy a bundle from B&H Photo for crazy amounts of money that includes a 4K sensor, I believe. Um, low light is still pretty strong for the type of camera that it is. And even though EF mounts can be irritating, it can um, adapt to some really, really, really good lens, some good glass. Um, and it's a true video camera. You can use the audio internally if you really need to or plug in some mics via the XLR inputs on there, and it'll get the job done in an admirable fashion. Um, so you're talking about, you know, maybe sub-$7,000 US to get this device, and you don't have to, you know, pay that much money in a DSLR format. This is a true video camera, so, you know, the preamps are good. You have ND filter in there. You know, it's it's a solid device, and I would love to, to own something like that, but I don't, so... There you go. Um, my number, my number six choice is actually going to be cell phones at this point, and we're going to go with the Nexus 5X and the 6P. A lot of people talk about the 5X as being polycarbonate and feel, and how the 6P is great, but it has the bend gate issue. Whatever. These Nexus devices are pretty darn good. They still don't have, you know, and they're probably not going to have, you know, expandable memory or battery problems. In terms of, I mean, battery user user battery replacement, um, that's not going to be on these devices. But I chose these devices because Marshmallow, uh, which is Android 6.0, is geared up to be really, really great. Um, they they perform really well on these cameras, on these phones, and the cameras on these phones are also 
really excellent as far as Nexus phones are concerned. They're even I would say they're top tier cameras. They don't have OIS, no optical image stabilization, but they they rock I believe 12 megapixels. Similar uh logic to the the Sony actually, and they have oversized pixels. And so um you know, in terms of their size and microns and so the images you can pull out in low light are pretty decent. Um Maybe not the sharpest thing in the world. I, I don't I haven't owned one, but I've seen lots of sample images, and, and they seem to be really great. And they offer them in two, you know, flavors: the 5.2 inch model, uh, which is the 5x, and it could be cheaper, um, in my opinion. But it's still pretty cheap at sub $400 price, more or less. Even though they should kill off the 16 gig model, I don't know why people still even sell 16 gig models of anything. And then um, the 6P, on the other hand. Uh, is a more premium model, and even if you kit that thing out at 128 gigabytes, you're still in like roughly what the other flagships are costing, 650 bucks or so, um, and that even starts off at 500, I believe, at the 32 gig base model for the 5.7 inch 6P. So, and that one's built by Huawei, which is as which is a great manufacturer. So, I would definitely recommend those devices. Check those out for cell phones if you really want. Secure fast updates from a versatile Google phone. Um, my next pick, I believe I'm up to number seven at this point, is the NVIDIA GeForce GTX 980 Ti. Now, I've built my own computer last year, and I have the luxury of rocking a 980 um, from EVGA. It's a super clocked version, but for those of you who do any sort of productivity in Adobe Cloud or Hit Film or something like that, and it uses a CUDA GPU acceleration, uh, then you know just how great these cards are at that. Um, and the TI really takes it a step up by offering, I believe, 6 gigabytes of GDDR5 RAM, which really helps in terms of uh, running 3D textures for things uh, like you know, video co-pilots plugins for 3D, 3D plugins for After Effects, or even when you get into hit film or or things like 3D rendering and, and Maya or something like that. And also in gaming, um, I do game on the side when I can, and the gaming performance of these cards are great. Even my 980 is capable of some 4 game, 4K gaming, um, if I know what I'm doing with the settings and if the program's optimally coded. So I recommend that um, that that GPU, it's come down in price to roughly what the 980 was uh, costing me in, in December of 2014. So I would recommend picking up a TI. It's worth it. Um, you get some nice gains over it. And you also have DirectX 12 support for Windows, which is fantastic. Uh, moving on, and for the number for the number 8 position... We've got the Pebble Time Steel. Now, I don't do wearables too much, but I do have this device. And I must say that I, I included this device because even though it's not necessarily Windows Phone supported or Windows 10 Mobile supported, um, if you have an Android device especially, um, this thing is great because it has a battery in there that lasts pretty much forever. If you're a light user to moderate user, you can probably get yourself anywhere between 6 to 10 days of battery. I've gotten 12 from really light use when I haven't had a ton of notifications coming in. and It's unobtrusive. It's a device that looks beautiful in my opinion. It's pretty good. Um, some people actually mistook it for the iPhone, um, the Apple Watch, which uh, that, that story is a convoluted mess. 
um, the Apple Watch, even on Apple Watch, um, Watch OS 2, or Watch 2, OS, whatever they call it. Um, but the Pebble Time Steel Edition in particular, um, it's a little pricey. Um, it's around 2 to $250, but this holiday season it saw a lot of discounts, so I would have recommended buying it then. Um, and this thing, you know, the battery lasts a long time. You have some canned replies that you can use, as well as use your voice through uh, Bluetooth connected to your uh, Google or Android phone. And you can voice reply and then just leave it and forget it. And it, and it really doesn't intrude your life as much as you would think. If you have a lot of notifications coming in, you can obviously pair that back. If you're a really busy person, you're probably into your phone anyway. So this might actually not even be that useful for the busiest of people because they're going to be pulling out their phone every 10 seconds. Um, that being said, this device in particular truly is um, um, pretty handy. It, it It's a great watch. You know, you have lots of different watch faces. And you can forget to charge this thing for a very long time. And it, it'll just work. And even when the battery um, goes below 10%, it'll go into a low power mode and just show you the time. Um, which is really great. It, the, the screen could be a little bit better. But overall, um, I am not upset with this watch. And don't even see the need to have to update it um, for some time. And if that doesn't suit your fancy, the, the Pebble Steel and the older Pebbles are actually just recently got the, a lot of the timeline updates as well, um, which is the timeline UI that the watch uses. You can look at your scheduled appointments in the past or the present or the future um, on this watch face. It integrates with your calendar really well. So um, the old Pebbles have that too. If you um, were paying attention to some of the sales, I believe they were even as cheap as $70 US um, for the Pebble Classic, which could run software like that now. Um, so check that out, folks. Um, in ninth place, we have the Moto X Play Edition. That's a cell phone. It's about a cool 500 bucks. I don't own it, but if you're looking for an unlocked phone that's similar to a Nexus product, I threw this on there because that's great. And I should probably even mention the Moto G uh, or the OnePlus 2. Um... Or the OnePlus X, and there's a rumored OnePlus 3, and there's a rumored OnePlus 2 Mini. Either way, the OnePlus phones at this point are still cost you anywhere between you know, 250 and, let's say, 400 bucks, And it can get you some really great performance, as well as the Moto G, which is around 200 something dollars depending on what you want. Like, two, maybe 170 to 220 and you can still get a great, great device. So I guess I'll put that all as a bunch of hodgepodge of different Android phones that float between, you know, 180 and let's say 400 bucks that give you flagship cell phone, smartphone performance for relatively, comparatively cheaper costs off contract, by the way. So unlock GSM. You can take it. Matthew, Ricardo, you can use this thing in Trinidad. You guys can therefore fly that to Japan. You can take it to Russia. And it, it should work as long as you put in a local SIM card because the things are unlocked. Um, you might not get all the cell phone bands you want, um, but uh, you will likely get 4G or 4G LTE speeds in most places. And even if you don't, you know, you know, 3.5G ain't the end of the world. Uh, and these devices, even on the cheap, can be really, really sweet. So I would definitely suggest you picking those up. And finally, my 10th product, and I'm going to, going to turn it over to you good folks for your top 10 discussion on films and albums for the year 
is HoloLens coming out of Microsoft. We're going to go back to Microsoft towards the end. And I really, really want one of these things. When Microsoft did their event and pretty much showed a, a game that was kind of like Mega Man, all running off the HoloLens, I was like, bruh, bruh, bruh. Like the internet wanted one. I wanted one. I still want one. They have a developer kit out now, and I think like you have to pay $3,000 or something, but you get one, and you can develop apps for it. They're trying to get developers to come out to this device. It runs Windows 10 in some form, so you can code um, a game for, say, Xbox One. And if it works, if it applies, you can probably have to do more work, but you can get it to run on HoloLens. Um, it's obviously a niche product, um, but this thing looks really freaking cool. Um, so the HoloLens by Microsoft, uh, check that out. So anyways, this is just a sampling of you know some of the devices that I really enjoyed from this year. Obviously, there are a bunch of runner-ups. There are some Windows devices, like the 950, the 950XL. You know, with all their issues, the hardware side of that stuff, besides what people keep calling a cheap-feeling phone, which I say, well, look at the Nexus 5X. Anyways, those devices are pretty great. Um, they remind you of the LG G4 in terms of, you know, removable battery, great screen, expandable storage. And they run Continuum, which is kind of like pseudo-Windows when you plug it into a monitoring keyboard. Um, great solution for that. Looking forward to Win32 apps being able to run on either that or the, whatever the next Surface phone is going to be. Because that's awesome. As well as a bunch of other features that are really just futuristic about those devices. You also have the Pixel C tablet. Um, which came out this year, the iPad Pro. I don't use those devices. I never had those devices, but those like those seem like pretty cool bets, you know. With their perspective caveats, but the iPad Pro, whoo, it's too expensive. Um, but what are you gonna do? Um, um, Xbox One with this new experience, um, that's running Windows 10 now, and so um, that can be pretty cool. You can play up to you know I think 100 and something. Um, Xbox 360 games, and they're adding more. They already added 16 more games like a week or two ago. So there's that. Um, you know, Apple has their little MacBook laptop. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, but overall, I would say those are uh, the top devices um, for 2015. So now I'm going to turn it over to Matthew and Ricardo. Um, hopefully you guys have either been commenting along while I've been talking a mile a minute or, you know, can render some thoughts here about my list and... uh Looking forward to hearing about what the top 10 films and top 10 albums are um, for 2015. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.
This is Matthew Bailey and Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, and this is our final episode of season one of BS Beats and Bailey. Yes, end of the year. Uh, yeah. Just a recap episode. We're going to run through basically the best of the year. Yeah, um, um, the best things that, that stood out to us yeah, in terms of content. like TV shows, uh-huh. um, games, yeah. video games, and well, in my case, I'm um, sorry, in my case, music, uh-huh. uh, best hip hop albums that I've heard for the year, best hip hop EPs that I've heard this year, yeah. and of course, our picks for best. I don't know in, 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 in terms of like Ricardo, but I have like a whole stuff list, so I'm going to do a whole right. stuff, but we're definitely going to do a best of the year because there yeah. was some really fantastic films that came out this year. And yeah, we just have this year to was a strong Talk I, about I, them. I, I think, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, last year was strong too. Last year had some true classics, in my opinion, some really great films. Uh, yeah. I think this, this we signed here a good resurgence of quality. Yes, yes, yes. You have, you know, the big, I mean, we've seen some massive collaborations in Hollywood trying to piece together Marvel and Disney in particular, mm-hmm. owning some of the biggest franchises ever. Yeah, um, Disney's plan to rule the world yeah, one day. Yeah, just completely, <laughs> you know, winner take all, you know, match effect kind of thing going on. So mm-hmm. they control almost everything. Uh, right, so we're going to start off, well, with uh, Ricardo's um, best, what do you want to start off with? Best TV shows or yeah. best video games? What TV show? I'll start with, with video games. Okay, I, video I didn't games. play that many video games this year. Um, I, I haven't played much at all, yeah, actually, I to be honest. I need only, to pick back up on it. only two mainstream games I um, took in for the year. Uh-huh, which were? Which were Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, and um, Fallout 4. Yeah, I heard, I heard a lot of great stuff about those games. Right. Um, so I guess it's just two quick, I, I, quick reviews of uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 and Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. I'll say Metal Gear Solid 5 is, unfortunately, quite squandered. Uh, it's a very very good game um unfortunately the it's just an incomplete very good game um right. it has a lot of great epic music in it um great cutscenes great great graphics mm-hmm. uh, much to be expected yeah yeah no the stuff it looked amazing like on my uh, 50 inch that's with my computer i have a pretty good graphics card so i can't complain or say oh well it, I, i've seen it in full glory um especially afghanistan you, you play a good chunk of the game in afghanistan um the just the desert and the sand and rock and just to see the details oh so so a yeah. lot, lot of lot of attention to, to detail. yeah look good cool. um sadly the story was is grossly incomplete um, uh what was, what was the reason it was rushed or right no not rushed unfortunately there's a lot of you know shenanigans and politics between uh, the creator of the franchise hideo kojima uh-huh. and the publisher of the franchise uh, producer of the franchise essentially which is konami konami right. has been really kind of i'm going to straight up say it shit in the bed on this one uh, they, they really didn't they just totally undermine kojima's vision um they they have been showing themselves to be very petty mm-hmm. um people just hate hating on Konami right now and they just basically what happened is that they just seem to like cave in terms of the pressure of a big budget movie like oh, sorry big budget video game now we live in that age now where it has very few products that go in, <coughs> in between in terms of budget it's either you have a massive budget or you have a very small budget especially mm-hmm. in terms of video games yeah. Um, I imagine this one, of course, had a massive budget. No, yeah, it's a, it's a very, very big budget, and it doesn't seem to care. I don't know what happened halfway through, but their their attitude is, you know, it's this kind of end of the author kind of mindset of um, gaming, mm-hmm. and they just totally undermine the, the project. Yeah, it was, from what I understand, it was supposed to have up to five chapters. Right. Um, we were supposed to get three chapters in the main main quest of the story, quote unquote, and then two extra DLC chapters. Um, okay. That's why I was expecting when you have a, a finished product with a game like this. What ended up happening is we ended up getting one good chapter, a kind of a half-assed second chapter, and then no third chapter. And wow. yeah, it was bad. And I don't think we'll, we're not we're going to get any DLC at all for this game. So 
what I do know is that sometime later in January, right? Well, the time of this recording is basically only as days. We are the thirty first. Yeah. So basically, later, well, I'm gonna just straight up say this month. Um, yeah, about a couple of weeks from now, we're gonna get uh, Metal Gear Online for the PC. It came up for the PS4 already. Um, so that might be extra content for the game. I'll be playing that just to try it out to see what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, for what I understand, the gameplay is pretty solid, um, but I haven't tried it out yet. I don't own a PS4. And Neither I do I. Didn't buy, I didn't, didn't worry to buy one. Don't uh, suck. <laughs> yeah, mostly because I'm a PC gamer. I'm, I'm one of, these, too. I'm yeah. one of these, these quote unquote douchey, elite PC, <laughs> PC masteries type. So there's that. Yeah. Um, All right, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's the sad part. I mean, that's my review of Metal Metal Gear Solid 5, I'll give ultimately, sadly, I'll have to give it like a 3 out of 5. It should have been better. The good was very good. Mm-hmm. Like the music and, and all the gameplay and like just simple stuff like sniping and sneaking around and stealth and we just had a ton of fun with that. Right. Um, but that's it. Sadly, you know, it, yeah, we didn't, get a, a we didn't get a finished game. It was an incomplete game. That second chapter was such a letdown because they started repeating missions from these first chapters. I was like, what are you doing, Joe? Okay. Uh, it was unfortunate. And so what um, about uh, Fallout? 4? Fallout 4 was some of the most fun I had this year. Um, ah. This game was very good. Unfortunately, I'll say, um, usually, and you, you get this with Bethesda games. Bethesda just decided to say, all right, you know, you know, the fans going to mod the hell out of this anyway, so let's not complete this and give us a final product um, with respect to the, this franchise. So the game right. is a very, it's a lot to do. It's a very wide game, but not very deep. And the main story is quite good. Um, when you when you get into what you mean in quest is you, you big something to do with artificial intelligence and a, lot, okay. a lot of cool stuff going on there a lot of great ideas um, you get to pick a many factions there's a lot there's a lot to do in this game not denying that um, but I thought what it could have done is spend a little more time in some of the technical stuff to really while we are impressed here there's when you did it halfway all right um, I'll give you a simple example this is something that in the beginning of the game so they have a big list of names that you could put you could name your character and one of the characters call you by this name Perfectly. That okay. means they got the voice actor to sit down and and say out the name. Right. Uh, so I typed my name is on the list. I typed in Ricardo. Um, and immediately when I typed in Ricardo, the, there's a character called Codswood. This is very beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Character Codswood said, Mr. Ricardo, so and so. And I was like, I was so impressed by that. Right. Expecting that every other character, or at least many other characters in the game, would at least call you that. Right? Yeah, which would which would have been awesome. Which would have been awesome. Yeah. But so they have like a partnership system where you could partner with a character in the game. And I was expecting at least every partner in the game would say, all right, hey, what's your name, Mac? Or what's your name, dude? Or, hey, what's your name, man? And then he would say the name, and then they would start calling you that name. Yeah. Um, that did not happen. Only Codsworth in the game calls you by that name. And I was like, okay. wow, why? They could have sat down and just give us something. Like, little simple things. So the game comes, I wouldn't say the game is bad. I wouldn't go as far as saying it's sloppy. But it's just that little minor flaw, but among that, others. No, not among others. Just, just, just not fleshing out things, building the will in that way. Um, and th- so the game, is, I wouldn't say sloppy, but it's a very unpolished game. Again, much like with Metal Gear Solid, we could expect DLC that might fill in the stuff and then give us extra content. Mm-hmm. Um, I do expect the DLC, well, unlike, unlike the nasty behavior with Konami, um, Bethesda, I do expect to give us some good content with this one. Yeah. I expect them to A, flesh out a bunch of the extra stuff. Um, you could give like more hairstyles, more looks, more, you know, things like that. Right. Um, and that's just the big letdown with this one. This game is just very unpolished. It's, yeah. it's not very deep. It's very wide. There's a lot to do, but you could, I would really like them to put in extra content in that game. All right. Stuff like more hairstyles, more stuff like that. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, but this game, I gave a, a quite a high score. I, I really enjoyed it. They, they do. It's not, again, because they, they kind of made it a little more, I wouldn't want to say dumbed down. Guys are too strong, yeah. but it's more streamlined. Mm-hmm. And the, the good in the game is very good. 
voice acting is excellent. Okay. Um, story again, I, I like the story. They do a lot of deep ideas, a lot of great ideas. Not very fleshed out, but they could do it more. Um, and I would like more options in terms of what you could have done with the story because they just kind of forcing everybody to fight instead of just living in the world. So there's that. Yeah, um, yeah that's just two name games. There's a, other, a bunch of other games that need to get shouted out. Um, Undertale is one of the best games of the year for me. Uh, mostly because of how subversive it is to, to the video game industry. All they right. do a lot of meta stuff in it. It's um, Meta's always good. Mm-hmm. Meta's almost always good. Almost always. Um, they do a lot of, a lot of like subversion of the, the art in the industry this year. Um, stuff like the, um, the we call it the Telltale games. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of great, great stuff this year. with Walking Dead, um, all of that stuff, great stuff. Um, they did a really great game called Life is Strange. Right, uh, fantastic game. Totally recommend that. I played it and and but I it not I wasn't into the story enough to like give you a proper full review. I didn't play all the chapters. Okay, um, but I played a couple chapters and I really enjoyed it. And yeah, so that's just me. Just the, the state of video games right now. I'll say the state of video games is reaching to the point of this kind of strange it's triple in the industry kind of crashing because all of the call of duty stuff the modern stuff and thing is just usual it's disney mm-hmm. it's just being too big for its own good and no creativity or room for creativity coming in yeah. so that's just my opinion about um video games all right um, um television yeah television let's, let's um well, well before you get into the television um in case you didn't pick up on the or you didn't check out the pre-show uh with the happenings top 10 um tech of the year we are recording outside of uh, um, Island Bear, Chill and Grill, where actually we were the first time when we did our first broadcast yeah. um, on what we talked about, right? Inside Out and Terminator Genesis, yeah. which will show up in our best and worst and list. <laughs> list. Yeah. So um, if you hear any like, you know, like wind or, you know, car horns or whatnot, that's just because we are outside right now. So please forgive us, you know. Yeah. Um, next year, hopefully, you know, New Year's resolution, we get our own studio so we have our own rules and we can do whatever, whatever yeah, that we want. The, we're, for now, working on, working on that. Yeah, but for now, we just had to deal with the outdoors. No, I just, well, we, wanted, we wanted the location. Um, it's like technical problems. The first version of this we were supposed to put out, but we had a little technical problems. Yeah, yeah, especially that. with um, Mother Nature and Rain. Yeah, yeah. So that was a whole bunch of issues. So that yeah. mess, we decided to do it over in that way. Yeah, but um, the beauty about it though is that we had our list before, but because of what happened, we had some time to really think it over. So it's slightly modified from uh, what we had initially. But, <laughs> yeah, a little better talk. Yeah, um, um, but but getting back to what we were, we were talking about, so right, um, TV. Yeah. TV. So this year had some damn good television. Yes. But yes. it was the return of good television. No, really, no big um, debuts to speak of, except for one show that I was really impressed by this year. So I'll start with that, Mr. Robot. Which I need to watch very, as well. Too. I probably very, might binge that. No, um, binge that as weekend. soon as I can. This weekend. Yeah, no, yes. this show was really, really well done. Um, starring Remy Malak. Um, here's the thing. I didn't know that Remy Malak was um, in, you know, remember Spike Lee had a joint? The Sweet Blood of Jesus. <laughs> Spike Lee had a joint. I love yeah. it. Right. No, um, yes, he, I know, but I, I'm, I'm from Remy Sweet Blood. Right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know who he was at the time. And then I, I watched it over recently. This was um, in pre- preparation for the review for Shirak. All right. And when I watch it over, just to come, make a quick comparison and just get a strange direction Spike he was going, just to do that real quick research. Yeah, um, you, I saw you him. Spot him. I spoke him. He right. was playing Eddie Butler. He was. He had a really silly. His English action was terrible, um, but for the most part, um, he was pretty good in it. Okay. And then watching it, I was like, oh, Mr. Robot. He's uh, this kid from Mr. Robot. And you have um, Elliot Alderson. He played the character, main character. Yeah. What to describe Mr. Robot um, for me this year was it was basically like a proto cyberpunk story. It's not a sci-fi, not really. No. But it does the whole idea of what it is to, you know, what is our relationship with technology in today's world, 
um, that, the dark side of it. That dark side of yeah. it. What it is to be a genius. What it is to suffer from mental health. Uh, what it is to suffer, suffer from drug addiction. There's a lot going on in the show. Um, I totally recommend it. I don't want to spoil anything to you. Um, yeah, please don't. But it's, some it's, people have to binge it. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's excellent. Um, it tells it tells a lot a great message about uh, modern media. Right. And our relationship with in not only modern media but modern technology, um, and yeah, I totally recommend this. The acting was good. The, the camera, cinematography work, camera work was excellent. Okay. Um, acting, I really like the characters. Characterization was well done. All right. uh, uh, what what other shows um, right. serve for you? Right. So all of the other shows that made big made big comebacks as good season two, and I'm not going to talk about it. You're just going to just run through them. The leftovers, second season. Yeah. Excellent. From HBO, uh, right? Yeah. No, listen. The, the, here's the thing with the leftovers. It's exactly like Lost. So that's the caveat I'm going to give you. If you're familiar with Lost, you know what I'm talking about, the ending especially. Um, but it does that whole symbolism kind of, you know, religious exegesis interpretation stuff. You know, it, it, it engages in its own hermeneutics mm -hmm. about how our, our of human nature and, and especially with a lot of religious symbolism with that. And yeah, this second season was damn good. Okay. Um, Jesse, this the season premiere has a really amazing opening sequence um, involving a cave woman. I recommend what wow. that was so <laughs> okay. powerful and so well done, so well edited, um, and it, you get what's going on there. So if you know the nature of the show, it yeah, follows, yeah, up, yeah. follows up the characters from season one. Um, I I just finished it two three days ago. Um, it was a really, really excellent second season. It did, it did a lot of powerful stuff in terms of metaphor and okay. the nature of, again, it does a lot of human nature stuff, a lot of good poetry. Right. Um, oh, by the way, it's, if you're familiar with the person, it's, it's I think, heavily consulted with uh, Reza Aslan. If you know who Reza Aslan is, he's a very controversial figure uh, within the religious and, and non-religious communities. Um, a lot of people don't like the guy, but I think his talents and his, his flair for sophistry uh, is perfect for the show. Okay. So he's part of the show. Just right, right, right. Again, much like with Lost, quick warning, you know what you're, you're going into. Cool. Um, other shows, uh, Rick and Morty, second season. Yes, one. saw it, enjoyed yep. it as well too. Yeah, excellent second season, great follow All of that season finale is like... Yeah, um, really well done. Yeah, really well done yeah. and kind of like, you know, ha, 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 well, had me kind of like waiting for more. Unfortunately, um, I think we have to wait, when? 2017? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like something... Yeah, which something, is some straight up bullshit. Yeah, but, yeah, a whole year we had to wait. So boy, well... Yeah. I hope it's at least the momentum might go by then. But no, the show is the second season was excellent. Right. The, the standout episode for me this season was season two, episode four. That is with the imaginary friends. Yes, 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 yes. Really well done. That was so well done, well yeah. paced, well told, and it really did a fantastic um just that whole science fiction um aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Another episode that sold for me was the season premiere. Um, with the whole time split universe thing. Yeah, and um really true. That, that was the one where 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 um Rick had a party, right? Yeah, he was no, having no. a party. He was having a party, and then time he froze time because yeah. the parents are clean up. Oh the yes, office. yes, yes, and you see like different right. alternate of that, alternate realities. Yeah. That was Basically. awesome, and you and saw it collapse at the same time. Yes. So you see like the screen split into four, yeah. and then into eight and whatnot. Yeah. That was and that was bad. And, and all of them have slight variations going on because yeah. it's going on on a quantum level. And what I loved is that they were talk. They were basically seeing the same dialogue, but, but it was just like slightly off, like um. Time. It was off like a few yeah, seconds. Yeah. That oh, was no, they that say, was amazing. They, they phrase something slightly different. Yes, because yes, same yes. thoughts going on. Yeah. And they did a great job with that. Um, All right. Uh, this, what, what else? Uh, yeah. No. Second thing. Bojack Horseman. Season two. Yeah. Season two. Um, so I enjoyed it. What I liked is that um, it was more humorous than the first season. Yeah. Um, first season was more or less satirized in Hollywood and dark side of Hollywood, and this one does it too, but it more focusing on just the whole bizarreness of the world itself that they that they created. You know. Um, Antro, 
anthropomorphic anthropomorphic yeah, animals talking with humans and whatnot yeah. and just the whole bizarre world. I think I think the allegory when you, every time you do every time people do anthropomorphic so because it's not it's not new, but anytime you some you see someone do that, it's really an allegory for personalities. Right. That's what it is. It's yeah. the quote unquote spirit animal aspect of it now. Yeah, um, Bojack um, Horseman is incredibly depressing. Uh, but, but favorite episode for me, by the way, I think it's season, sorry, episode five or six, Chicken Fiddies. Yes. That Chicken Fiddies yeah. intro that yeah. opens up that episode is so yeah. hilarious. Yeah, but it, it's on YouTube. Google it, Chicken yeah. Fiddies. Go on. Yeah, yeah no, uh, it does, but it does, it, it, you know, the running joke for Bojack Horseman, I think it's it's to explain, hey, you have, you have to ask this horse, why the long face? Yeah. yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. Um, it's it's basically that, and it does it does a lot of a lot of emotion, a lot of it, it how people deal with depression. Yeah, and it's really well done. A and, lot of gut punches. Yeah, a lot of emotional gut punches. Gut punches there's well. a final sequence with Bojack and a, and an old friend and her daughter. Yeah, that, that, that ends going, off really. Yeah, really dark. Really, you kind of saw it coming, really but it's yeah. how it's how it was delivered. It was like wow. Yeah, like wow. Not yeah. since I'll say not since Moral Oral, I've seen a show like this uh -huh. where you have this really really dark. Uh, aspect of how to deal with human emotion and, and kind of just this kind of existential kind of aspects of life yeah. and it's not it's done with people who are not philosophers so it's them have to climb through exactly yeah and you feel for these characters if yeah. you really even though it's a horse you know yeah, yeah it nobody, feels they, like a real character yeah they did a good job they had a lot of great voice actors and there's a lot of great voice casting from from a from Lisa Kudrow to, um Alison Brie of course yeah Alison Brie is in it uh this girl who she um uh oh gosh this guy famous guy from star trek mr sulu he was in it little oh, guest he was, okay yeah. yeah little guest starring roles even uh, even harry potter made a parent yeah daniel radcliffe as well too and that, that episode was was, was, yeah. it was hilarious as well too. it's it's a it's another thing it does really well it's hollywood about hollywood so you get to that dark underbelly of hollywood as well yeah like this is how the yeah. mechanisms of hollywood and, and how really it affects are. how it affects people that's yeah. why the whole idea of the child star and the new world and time and how the 90s and the 2000s treated people right how they how they survived that Okay. Um, next show, Rick and Morty Bojack Jessica Jones. This was a new show for the thing. Um, really good. Recommend it. All right. Um, I need to check that as well, up, too. Follow up from Marvel's Daredevil. Mm -hmm. uh, just builds on the Defenders universe because we know what Marvel is doing with that. Um, well done. Not as good as Daredevil, but slightly under. All right. Um, David Tennant was excellent in this as a couple man. Really yeah. disturbing. Real scumbag. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. This guy was a scumbag. Go watch it. Not gonna really spoil anything for you yeah. because it's, it, to talk about it is one of those things that it's it's spoiling. Yeah. From from get go. But we actually mentioned it before with our other previous um, yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, so it's not, I think it's not, episode eight. Right. Yeah, so it's not, eight, not, so yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I don't mention where it is. Yeah. Um, Man in High Castle. All right. That's the Amazon yeah, original series. We talked yeah. about that. That was good for the year. Top right. one of the top for the year as well. Again, I talked about it already. Right. Um, the Flash, Supergirl. Those two shows. Second season. Well, Supergirl had its first season, which was pretty good. Yeah. Um, first um, half season. And Flash has its first half season of second season. Yeah, I think it was. Was it, was it ten episodes or yeah, it was ten, ten episodes? episodes yeah. Right. Okay. Um, Supergirl, Supergirl, and Flash had some great reveals, um, yeah. especially Supergirl. Supergirl really picked up. Supergirl is essentially Flash. It's the same formula. It is. It is. But even right down to, to like the the intro sequence, the title sequence. Yeah, yeah, same, same thing. thing. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's just as well done. They bring in a lot of a uh, lot of good callbacks, great salvage material. Yeah, like, and, and also to the characters, you you like you. They yeah. have like the actor, characters. Yeah, the actors, the actors, Melissa Benoist is excellent as Supergirl. Yeah, even Calista Flockhart as as great the characters. boss. Yeah, she 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 really built up because she started off pretty weak in the pilot for me, but she got much better. Yes, she did. She did. Um, and then last but not least, I'll have to say for the year, if I'm forgetting anything. I'll probably forget a couple of things, but last but not least, True Detective season two. 
right. um, which which divided a lot of fans and yeah. critics. But I, I liked it for what it was. I, I liked it. In many ways, no, but in many ways it was smarter and more mature than season one. I thought season one was pretty straightforward with the good versus evil thing. Mm -hmm. um, this one was I really liked. This one was a lot more grayer, and it got into that really banality of evil stuff with it. Yeah. It had a lot of like deep ideas, much like with much like with um, say leftovers. There a lot of I won't say it's religious exegesis, but it, they got into that whole um, aspect of uh, a lot of like sexuality stuff. A lot of how to do with sex and the nature of how we deal with sex and gender. Mm -hmm. That a lot of that. I mean, this year in terms of the real world politics, especially a lot of other social thing, we had a lot of a lot of um, you know people call it social justice warrior stuff, right. but really to do with um, um, to do with feminism and gender and, and some genuinely real conversations has to occur in the real world. With yeah, that. yeah. And the show reflected that. Yeah. It did that really, really well about yeah. what what our state and our relationship is with each other. Yeah, well, uh, as, I, men, as men and women. I, what, what I would say um, is that um, I know a lot of people didn't like it because of just the, the, the slow, slow, snail-like pace. Yeah, no. And also just the heavy kind of ex existentialist um, yeah. vibe of it. But I thought that was really good because, I mean, you're not going to... It doesn't make sense to really emulate what you did with the, the last season, which right. was just your straightforward, straightforward, you know, um, murder mystery yeah. story. Yeah, this one yeah. really tackle like, you know, just... I don't know, just the world that we live in, and yeah. just the whole dark underbelly of it all. Right, and, and the sad part about it, what made it disturbing is that it's not a conspiracy, not in the way you think. It's a lot more plausible, the yeah. story and the narrative was. It's, that's the thing with it, it was, um, again, as I think it was more realistic in that way. It is an acquired taste. It is, it is. Not everybody's going to Yeah, it is like an acquired it, taste, unfortunately, but, I, but, but it's a show that I, I grew to appreciate a lot more. I, when I was first watching it, I admit I was one of those, I was like, yeah, I do like this as much as part one. But part one just sold that story straightforward to me. It is, yeah. Season one did that. Season two, not so much. Season yeah. two was a lot more uh, lot more serious. Yeah, but, but I think with another view, or maybe one or yeah, gonna, two actually, more views, I'm I guess. I'm actually going to yeah. plan to, to watch it over. Yeah, um, I, I probably will as well, too. It's yeah. actually going to come out on DVD and Blu-ray uh, yeah, early um, in January, so, you know, check yeah, it out. So that's just my just quick run throughs of uh, television and uh, television and uh, video games. All right, well, on a quick media. side note with me, um, with TV shows, um, season that stood out to me, season five of Game of Thrones, probably the most challenging. Mm -hmm. That was the one that kind of just divided. Like, okay, since, like, if season three divided, um fans true fans of the book of the books right. and the and the series yeah from those who just watching it because their friends watching it and always tweeting about it and always talking about it on facebook yeah that was what season three did this one just took those who just um survived who who, who, who stuck around and divided those um, that 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 group so it changed certain things that happened from the books um characters were killed off or certain things happened to characters i wouldn't say that you know really pissed people off to the point that they went on Facebook. I was like, you know, fuck this shit. I'm not gonna watch the show ever again. Yeah. Especially the final episode that has a major, a major gut punch. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, I was I was like stunned when I saw it. I know a lot of people who watch it were stunned by that by that season finale. Yeah. Um, but I just really praise the creators for really taking those um for really taking the really having the, the guts and the balls to do what they did creatively yeah for for make it for not you know what i mean like for us not knowing what to expect just that whole unpredictability of it really made that season work yeah. for me um yeah that was season one so for me yeah. um i loved it i haven't seen jessica jones yet but i need to check it out but i really enjoyed um Daredevil for what it, what it did yeah uh Orange is the New Black season three was pretty good, although I did find that you know narratively it was just all over the place, but it still provided that that you know that that 
humor and that drama that you expect from that se- from from that show anyway. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Pretty much. That's it. Nothing else really comes to mind right now. Yeah. But those were the shows itself. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah. Um. So getting on to music. Yeah, music. So I will do my uh, my top ten best rap albums of yeah. the year and EPs. Yeah. Okay. Just, For those who I don't just... know, I'm I'm a I'm a huge hip hop head. So I listen to a lot of rap music. There's been a lot of great uh, rap albums that came out. A few shitty ones, which I won't reveal here, you know, because I don't want to be bashing any rappers at all. And some meh albums every once in a while. You know? yeah, but in other words, we're just going to focus on the best. But yeah. Ricardo? Yeah, that's had my like, quick list of stuff that I was listening to for this year. Um, there's a quick bunch of albums that I listen to quickly. Okay. Um, Tame Impala, Currents. I was taking in t- that. I was really impressed by this album. All right. Um, uh, Leon Bridges, Coming Home. Okay. The Good Arm album. He was on SNL the other day. Pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, well, Postmodern Jukebox. I've been listening to them for the entire year. I t- totally recommend them. Pretty cool band. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Batiste on Stay Human. He is the lead band, uh, lead singer of the band for the Stephen Colbert's new show. Okay. Um, the lead show on CBS. Uh, all that, and that intro track is really awesome. A track called Humanism. Excellent track. Humanism. Yeah, okay. excellent track. Um, the game, his album, pretty yeah, good. Documentary, documentary two and yeah. 2.5. Not bad. Which are honorable mentions for my yeah. top 10. And then Spanish. Lil Dicky. Uh, a professional rapper. Professional yeah. rapper. Pretty good album. I, thought, I really like that track with Snoop Dogg. Uh, yeah. Excellent, excellent track. I would say that it is very long. as It runs for like 90 minutes. But other than that, it is an entertaining 90 minutes nonetheless. So, so. Yeah. it might be for all tastes, but still give it a listen. Yeah. Um, wow, the wind is really blasting. Yeah, right the wind now. is starting we, to kick our ass now, but, yeah, I think but we, we will show the on. Yeah, I think we are. What happens is that we, you want to move, just on next table because you just get out of the wind. You're not sure. Because we're right in the direction of the wind blasting at us. Whatever. Um, should we move now? Yeah, up to you. It's fine. All right. Just good material because we're right outside here. Just enjoying a beer, island beer. Thanks yeah. again for island beer to enjoy. Yeah, you get that win, and this is with a muffler. That's how much wind blew. Yeah, so. We just move in some stuff. I just want to get out of the rain. Rain gonna start to fall soon, so that's gonna be unfortunate. I think it's falling right now. Yeah. So once again, rain has reared its ugly head. Wow, this rain is just like haunting me. First Sunday when we tried this at first, and now yeah, today. You know, I figure it was gonna fall later on tonight. You know, after fireworks, bus and whatnot. But you know, what are we gonna do? All right, so yes, a little long for a second here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry about that, guys. You know, um, can't control the weather, unfortunately, but you know that's how it goes. So yeah, um, those were Ricardo's favorite. Sorry, Ricardo's picks for favorite music of the year. Yeah. So I will just jump into my own. Um, if you if you hear any rain in the background, that's because rain is falling in the background. Yeah. So 
that's what we can do about that. So um, I'm just gonna run through my favorite, well, sorry, my top five hip hop EPs of the year. EPs just mean basically that they're really short albums. They run under uh, half hour in length. Most times, not all the time, but um, right. right. So those were the five that uh, that served for me. And number five is a uh, sweatshirt. Right. Former member of the now defunct um, hip hop collective Odd Future. Yeah. So he brought out a ten minute EP. It's just really one track. It's called Solace, and it's just more or less a continuation of uh, what he did with his um, album called I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside, which actually made it to my favorite list of the year. But I'll get to that in a while. So uh, it more or less just continues that that trail down this part of loneliness and darkness. Um, it's a mixture more or less of some scattered um, lyrics and also some really moody, moody, moody instrumentals as well. Uh, number four, uh, personal favorite rap group, well, sorry, rap duo called the Doppelgangers. Uh, they brought on um, one of my favorite albums of last year called Peace Kid. That's K-E-H-D, definitely worth checking out. So he brought out an, uh, um, an EP called Parts Unknown, a uh, really short EP, um, about 10 tracks or eight tracks more or less. And, you know, they, they, they continue that sort of druggy, sort of really moody, jazzy, breezy sort of hip hop style with the instrumentation, yeah. as well as some really off kilter and ridiculous lyrics thrown in here and there as well too. So definitely worth checking out if you're into that kind of stuff. Number three is a tie. It's from a, uh, all right, well, the first one is from a, a guy called Open Mike Eagle. Open Mike Eagle. He brought out an uh, EP called A Special Episode Of, which is, yeah, best name ever, right? Um, really short, really sweet. Ha he also has these really kind of like, not over the top lyrics, but just really kind of introspective lyrics, kind of weird, unique kind of stuff as well too. Just stuff that you wouldn't normally hear on a rap album. He also touches on topics and themes and just references that you wouldn't really hear on a normal rap album. Um, and also a collaboration that he did with another guy, with, with another rapper called Serengeti. And together they, they, they formed this group called Kavanaugh. That's C-A-V-A-N-A-U-G-H. And their EP was called Time and Materials. So it's really like both of them just... Well, there's there's a lot of teams going on in it, but this basically it's about you know them getting older and just really realizing that you know life is getting short and you know just trying to make their way in this life that they have left. So they touch a lot on you know um, trying to trying to keep a steady job or trying to keep a girlfriend or just trying to live their life or just trying to make the most of the situation. Really cool, really fun in a well fun in a in a sort of kind of weird kind of way. Both of those albums are, oh, sorry, both those EPs are, are kind of strange, but strange in a very good way. So if you're looking for something that's, you know, off the radar and just not your average hip-hop, then definitely check those out. Number two is from a hip-hop duo called Cess Crew. That's C-E-S-C-R-U. They brought out an EP called Recession Proof. Um, it's very, it's like the polar opposite of like... Um, the albums that I mentioned, it's not that druggy kind of stuff. It's really heavy, bass heavy, I should say. Um, really trap hip, um, trap flavored beats, just designed to make it just nod your head and just get off your chair and just you know go crazy and just smash it. It's just really this really wild, fun album, you know, just something to bump in your car and just you know grow crazy for. Um, and finally, number one is another tie. It's from another favorite underground rapper of my um, rapper called uh, Your Old Drew, which 
is a reference for those who don't know it's a reference to probably my favorite movie of all time a clockwork orange yeah, yeah. so he brought out two eps first one he brought out this year was called kinison ep so it's more or less where he references um the uh, classic rock songs and rock groups as well sorry rock bands i should say yeah. and the other one is called the nicest which is my personal favorite of the two which is this really smooth layback beats and he just like spitting really great witty heavy bars you know one after the next so kinison is just really for you know if you're, if you're really into rock but even if you're not too much into rock you'll appreciate what he did and nicest is just a kind of just sit on a, on a lounge chair you know put on a fan sip on some orange juice you know and just enjoy life it's that kind of vibe you know and i really love that so getting on to the albums section now so honorable honorable mention sorry uh drake if you're reading this is too late um really decent mixtape that i enjoyed i surprisingly enjoyed because i'm not the biggest fan of drake but he really came through with this one he really brought some solid bars as well too it's just really a reminder that he is a great rapper not the best in the world but he is a great rapper nonetheless yeah. you no know, many people like to put him in this box that he's into r&b and pop but no dude can spit and prove that with this and i would say just just kind of going off track a little bit that this was clearly drake's year this year yeah you know he brought out this mixtape uh, he got into this stupid beef with Meek mill but terrible. out of that he brought out two solid songs one of them uh called back to back which got nominated for a grammy making it the very first the song to be nominated for a grammy yeah. which is awesome and of course, you know, Hotline Bling, which is probably the most popular video. Right. Not my favorite video of the year, but the most popular video, in my honest opinion, for the year. And of course, that goofy dance he does and whatnot, yeah. you know? <laughs> but anyway, um, another honorable mention goes to Yellow Wolf, Love Story. Yeah. Yellow Wolf is a, is a signee to uh, Shady Records, which is one by Eminem. He's another white rapper. He's from Alabama. And with this case, he sort of merged... Um, rap and country music but not in a cheesy way yeah it's just more to really go introspective and emotional way he's talking about his life just the fact that he's in his early 30s and he still needs to make it big in terms of rap you know um, his addictions to alcohol um you know his family his friends and all that kind of stuff he really goes deep into it and i really got a, a really great album not the best album in the world but definitely worth checking out as well too and finally a rapper that i never heard of until this year called uncommon nasa he brought out an album called halfway he's 31 years old he's married and in this one he talks he's, it's just really about being at that halfway point in your life just really um thinking about where you're gonna go at this point in time and you know in this case in this album he touches a lot on depth because in fact that you know um any day could be a last and whatnot you know and um just touching on different aspects of death and of life and just the hardships of life but it ends off spoiler alert where he kind of like dedicates his song to his wife where he really kind of says that you know she's the reason why he's still alive she's the reason why he's still living you know to to you know to be happy with her and it's really a affectionate way to end a rather sour but very listenable album so yeah getting on to the top 10 i'll just make it short and sweet so number 10 is from uh, mac miller he brought an album called good em capital letters or i call it goddamn so Mac Miller, white rapper, he's well known for his kind of party songs, and usually he does these sort of druggy kind of like introspective um, songs as well too. So in this case, he kind of goes for a more upbeat vibe. It's not the sort of druggy vibe that he had for his mixtape faces from last year. In this case, it's more upbeat. It, the, the way I can really describe it is kind of like 
you're waking up in the morning you don't want to go to work but you have to so you go in there, you put on this album and you listen to this all all the way down to, to work that's what it was for me it just felt like that perfect morning pickup kind of music like you know yeah you're gonna have fun you're gonna live your life you're gonna make the most out of it you know that kind of vibe i really love that it was a for me it was a little change of pace for for for, for mac miller's um style and yeah there, there's some really solid jams on it as, as well as uh, um on it as well really had fun with this really loved it so you know definitely check it out uh number nine Ghostface Killer and Adrian Young, yeah. 12 Reasons to Die 2. This is the sequel to my favorite album of 2013, 12 Reasons to Die, which is a concept album where Ghostface Killer took on the um, persona of, well, more or less the Ghostface Killer. And he was part of this Italian mafia group. And the story, basically, in a nutshell, is that he got killed off by the group out of some um, betrayal. He was betrayed by them and killed. And um, his ashes were pressed into 12 vinyl records. And through some circumstances, which I won't reveal, those 12 records were played. And then his spirit, the spirit of Ghostface Killer, rises from the dead and just seeks our revenge. So he wipes out technically everybody in the group. That's, um, you know, men, women, and children are killed off, right? Um, so in this one, the story moves from Italy and it goes to New York. It's in the 70s now. It's not basically the 60s anymore. And we, are, we, we introduce a new character played by um, Ghostface partner in crime, lyrical partner in crime, Rick One. Right. Both of whom have brought us some solid hits together, you know, as part of the Wu-Tang Clan. You know, Wu-Tang Clan still ain't under fuck with, you know. And uh, the story is just that uh, Rick One's character meets up with, with Ghostface's killer you now, and now Ghostface wants him to, to do all these dastardly deeds and wipe all the other members of the, of the, uh, of the crime family, called the Lucas, who he wiped out in the first album, but they managed to come to, to New York now. So Rick character wipes him out. And not without spoiling anything, Ghostface wants to return into the world as a new person. So he kinda has Rick One doing all the all these deeds for him. And now he kinda wants to take over his his body now. And the ending, I would say the first time I heard it was just really fucked up. But it works in terms of the whole kind of gangster horror narrative. Cause it is every bit as scary as it is as it is grimy in terms of the yes. crime element. So I won't spoil it, but it's just definitely one that just had me really freaked out. And it is implausible when you really think about it, but in terms of just the overall story of just Ghostface Killer wanted to continue his legacy, it works. Um, Adrian Young delivers, uh, well, he's the, he's the producer. And what he does, he has this sort of psychedelic 60s, 70s fusion of soul and rock and, you know, psychedelic music. And it works in, in, in terms of just setting this really dark grimy soundscape for this album as well his, his music isn't as great and the album itself isn't as great as the last album but it still holds up as well so that's my number nine number eight ludicrous who returned this year with ludiversal it took a long while for the album to come out but he came with some solid tracks and it's just really like a reminder of why he was so great back in the 2000s um you're not gonna get the wild crazy ludicrous you know with the move bitch and the area codes it's more mature it's more like you know he's looking back at that now like this is how i am this is how i used to be then but this is how i am now i'm in hollywood now but i have a family now but still it's kind of like i still have a long way to go in terms of rap and you know i still have things to prove to myself and to other people as well and that's basically what the album was about so kind of it has your introspective tracks it has some really personal tracks and also one or two little party tracks as well too that you'll enjoy as well so definitely check that out uh number seven it's from a hip-hop duo called from um, New York called The Underachievers. And they brought out an album called 
evermore the art of duality and on this the uh really took this sort of a uh, vibe where it's kind of like just them talking to us about how you should live your life you know um more on a spiritual and pseudo religious kind of vibe you know um you know just living your life to the fullest you know trying to be true to yourself be true to other people i know um just trying to spread love as, as best as you could as well um but what i loved about the album is that at first you're thinking that okay this whole thing is just going to be about you know just living right and keeping your third eye open and your chakras open and whatnot but in an amazing turn like in the second half of the album it switches to this more darker vibe so it's more you know trap percussion really more grimy gritty in your face lyricism as well too and the overall theme of the album is just you know we uh we 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 have the right to choose what life we want to live what path we want to go to in terms of life that's really up to us to choose which path we want to go to so even if it's good or even if it's bad or light or dark or whatever there are still good things about it and there are still bad things about it so we always have to be choosing when it comes to you know that part but that part that we choose that's the one that we have to pick and you know they're going to be choices the only way and it's really up to us to say all right i choose this or whatever so i just like that duality of it and you know really a really interesting listen i would say uh number six goes to another um new york rapper another young new york rapper by the name of joey badass he brought an album called before the cash or before the um the dollar signs two dollar yeah. signs sorry yeah and this one, he brought it out on his 20th birthday, early this year, I think it was in February, early February. Um, yes, so this is his debut album. He he brings that sort of, um, he more or less pays homage to, to 90s boom bap hip hop. Um, he pays homage to rappers like Nas, uh, Old Dirty Bastard, uh, Buckshot of Black Moon, another great rap group from the 90s. But this one, he kind of goes introspective. Yeah, there's a lot of introspective stuff that I love this year. So he's talking about you know how far he's reached in terms of his career um you know just trying to make his name in the rap game losing friends gaining friends um still feeling alone even though he has tons of fans all over the world and whatnot and yeah just 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 trying to make his name you know and um it, it brought some really great um beats some great lyricism as well too and yeah overall not his greatest work because i still think that 1999 his first mixtape is his best work thus far but in terms of growth can you really do see growth and maturity in this it's still there's really a decent album so going into number five now uh, number five lupe fiasco tetsu on mute also came out early this year um i would say for those who are disappointed from uh with lasers which he and he and all that misses his um his worst album because you know when he was signed on to atlantic records it was this really rocky relationship between him and that record label. So he brought out Lasers, and that was more, more kind of like that sort of poppy kind of um, mainstream yeah. kind of album. Right. And like for me, it just didn't stand out at all. It, it really pissed off fans. Some people liked it, but you know, that, you know, teacher's own. But this one, he returned to what he's known for dense, really heavy wordplay. You know, um, you know, we have to listen to it more than once to really pick up on what he's seen. A lot of metaphors, lots of. You know clever wordplay lots of really stream of consciousness kind of vibes you know and um and i would say this is the one that you really have to go back to and listen to over and over to really get um the instrumentals were great the um, lyricism was on point from start to end and the songs were long so some of them were clocked in for like about seven or eight minutes and i noticed some people would be like you know this is really too heavy or too 
it really feels like a chore to really sit through all of this. But I would say the payoff of it is excellent. It's a return to form to Lupe. I know that Lupe is out of Atlantic Records' shadow, so now he's on his own. He can do whatever he wants, and I really uh, hear that he's bringing out three projects next year. So I think one of them is a sequel to The Cool, which yeah. is his second um, album. Yeah. So, you know, the sky's the limit for this one. And this which one, he kind of Which one had Kick Pushin? That was his first album. Right. First album, um, that's uh, um, Food and Liquor. Yeah. Still my favorite Lupe project to date. Yeah. But this one, I would say, comes at a at a at a uh, second place. Second place, sorry. All right. So number four, little sweatshirt, which I mentioned before. I don't like shit. I don't go outside. So in a nutshell, while his um, former Odd Future. Hold on, one sec. Yeah. So um, right. So getting back to the scene. So while his um, former um, Odd Future friend and cohort, um, talent creator, went for a more experimental and more upbeat as he calls it by with his album cherry bomb which was so so Earl really went just deeper and darker than he did with his debut album which he brought out a few years back called doors this one is it just feels like he's just going deeper and deeper into this cavern into this abyss of self-loading self-doubt you know fear worry um in this case is more about you know just him being old and him having to deal with you know the pressures of being a rapper um and you know, it's, it's his um, his grandmother dying, his relationship with his girl um, not working out, and he also dedicated a track about that same relationship, you know, falling off the tracks and whatnot, and just the pressures of life, just in general, and um, you know, being at a young age and having to deal with so much, you know, um, the beats reflected, they're really hazy, they're really dark, they're really sour, they're really dire, and his lyrics re reflect that as well too. Lyricism, he is on point from start to end. And I wouldn't really call it EP, even though it clocks in at about 30 minutes. But, you know, um, it's deep, it's dark, it's definitely worth listening to over and over and over just to decode and just to pick up on certain things that you, that you may have missed off from the first listen. So I listened to it a number of times, loved it with every listen, and I, I know I'm going to keep on listening to it until he brings out a new project. <clears throat> so number three, before I lose my voice here, um, Dr. Dre Compton favorite of myself and ricardo's we loved it we also did a review yep. of it in our, our west coast edition um west coast edition episode of uh, bs beats and daily this one um i wouldn't say this is like the detox that we were waiting for all all these years but it came close and i still think that if he if dr jury had called it detox we would have called it a disappointment but as he called it compton which is more or less like a, as he calls it a soundtrack by dr jury so it acts both as a soundtrack of sorts to Street of the Compton, which came out this year as well too, which of course is about NWBA, which he's a part of, of course. This one is also his final studio album. And um, if this is a way for him to, to say farewell, I would say it works, you know. Um, the what, what, what he did really, what he surprised me on is just proving that in 2015, he could still be relevant. He takes, you know, trap flavored beats. He comes really with some aggressive lyrics as well too. I know the first time, like the first time you, you, you I listened to it, I know the first time you listen, it, it'll probably kind of catch you off guard, like, you know, why is he trying to sound hard and why is he shouting a lot? But it was just really to reflect the beats as well, too. And for the most part, it really does work. The um, guest performers all do great jobs, everybody. Um, whether it's Game, whether it's Kendrick, uh, whether it's Marsha Ambrosius, everybody on points, even Anderson Park, who, who, who blew me out the water with his contribution to his um, album. Um, so yeah, really great. 
check it out. Dr. Dre, if this is the last album, went out with a bang, certainly with Compton. Number two is uh, from a, a group called Zafis, which you probably might know of. Uh, it's from, it's the combination of these three artists. So it's 7L and Esoteric, the, the, the uh, duo, uh, producer, MC duo. 7L being the producer and Esoteric being the MC. And they, they really joined, they, they just basically joined forces with uh, another Wu-Tang member, Inspector Deck. And they formed a group called Zarface, which is C-Z-A-R-F-A-C-E, which is just basically like a modern take on what MF Doom has been doing through his career, which is that kind of supervillain straight out of a comic book or sort of a Saturday morning TV show kind of thing. So in this case, they kind of continue that trend. And they even have MF Doom on it as well, too, by the way. So on it, they take uh, um, clips from um, TV shows, from superhero TV shows. They reference a lot of Marvel TV um, movies as well, too. Yeah. Reference Galaxy, Galaxy, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff like that. They also take, like, ref wrestling uh, references and clips from, you know, old 80s wrestling shows from the, you know, from the WWF era, of course. And they really bring this sort of fun kind of not good nature, but more like, you know, that braggadocious, I can rhyme better than you kind of stick to it. Um, the, the, the beats, they have this sort of rock tinge flavor to it as well, too. They have a lot of rock samples in it. And it's that boom bap shit that I love so much. This this album is designed to make your head nod from start to end. If your head is not nodding to this, something is definitely wrong with you. Um, the references are on point. The beats are on point. The lyrics are on point. So overall, this is just a fun listen. Probably the most fun I've had this year with a rap album. And finally, number one, probably, and I, I guess you probably saw this one coming. This is the most important rap album of the year. Probably the most important rap album to come out this decade thus far. I'm talking about Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly. In this one, yep. um, in a nutshell, I mean, it's not a concept album like his last um, project, Good Kid Mad City, but in this case, it's kind of like him looking inward, him realizing that Yes, he has his buzz. He has his recognition. He has his respect now. And he's worked this way um, there for years. But now it's like, now he's there. Now he wants to make a change. He wants to be like a Tupac, Shakur. And very briefly, by the way, in the final track, he does. He has this very, very clever, very well-edited, well-layered uh, conversation between Tupac, where he took um, snippets of an interview that he did back in the early 90s. And it's just really like Kendrick having this one-on-one -on -one with him. It blew me away the first time I heard it, and every time I listen to it, it's just like so amazing. But in this case, again, back to what the gist of the album is, it's kind of like Kendrick just being at this peak in his life, and in his career more or less, and it's kind of like, I want to change the world, I want to do these things, but am I capable to do it? Am I, is it possible for me to do so? Can I really change the world? He looks inward and you know he, he brings in feelings of self-doubt, of hate, of pain, of loss, of just not being able to do things, not being able to uh, to save his friend from getting shot and whatnot, not being he, not being there to be, uh, not being there for his siblings, his relatives, and loved ones, and he kind of goes into a spiral of depression and you know self doubt. But he finds himself, you know, on the ground, and then he has to pick himself back. He goes home. He reminds himself of who he is and what's his place in the world. You know, it's just a really powerful, really emotional, really engaging, really insightful album. Uh, which gets better with every listen. Uh, his uh, TDE, um, his TDE partners are there, so it's it's mostly personal. It makes it mostly personal, I should say. But the guests that are on it makes it, um, you know, deliver. You know, they they, they bring the they, they deliver great verses as well, too, great choruses as well, too. 
but this is all Kendrick show you know he really shines he brings one great song after another um all right one of my favorite songs for the year um the, the video probably the best video i've seen all year and you know words can't really describe how much i love this album i won't really go too too in deep about it i mean you could i mean i could do so much justice with this but yeah definitely listen to this the best album of this year definitely check it out i love this album i love it to death if you haven't listened to this definitely check it out and i mean this is one that you're going to be listening to over and over and over with every listen trust me you're going to love it even more so yeah those are my top 10 best hip-hop albums list of 2015 so while i catch my breath here for a bit uh ricardo is going to get into his uh top 10 movies yeah so, uh well i'm oh. going to be talking about the not top 10 movies but just the well my honorable mentions for the year. yeah oh oh wait we, be, before i get um before i forget um how about worse because i want to i want to get into uh, worse before we get into best so while I catch my breath here for a bit, you do your your worst album, um, your worst movies. I am worried to get a list of worst, but I have a couple bad. Yeah, that's just just mention them off in the meanwhile. Yeah, while I, um, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, um, yeah. This year had some bad movies, but it was most. You know what? It was more disappointing, inexcusably bad. So uh -huh. movies are just like, why was this bad? You know, I didn't have. I didn't like worry to get into like the extremely bad movies. So I'll just, no, no, no. no. So I mean, you probably avoided them. You yeah, know. I just avoided them. Because it is like why it is I like, even gonna make my effort. Like you know, I, you know, I'm getting tired of the Schadenfreude. You get bored of it. Yeah. Like you know, okay, you shit another movie. That's nice. But no, you could move on. But movies that should have been better. Um. So for me, top that list to start off with, Spectre. Ah yes. Spectre. Which you have um. Huge which you have ripped to shreds with our review of it. No, yeah, no. It the problem with Spectre again is one of these inexcusably bad movies. You have all this good good material in it. You have all of these. Uh, good actors. You have all of these, you know, as, but the script was just such a mess. Um, good talent. Good, yeah. good. I think I like Sam Mendes, good director. Oh, but like, are they serious? Like, why did you do this? It was so half assed. It wasn't as bad as Quantum of Solace, but no. Spectre was one of my worst of the year. It's just such a disappointment. What? Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, Terminator Genesis. Yes. Next one I had a problem with. Uh, again, no reason for it to be so bad. You know, a good again, good ideas, but just a terribly postscript, horrible piece. And and I, you know, I gave my suggestions of what this film should have been, mm -hmm. which was it should have been a twelve or two, ten episode run on Netflix. You yeah, it, 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 it would have made for a really decent. Um, yeah, third season of series, yeah. basically a third season of Sarah Chronicles. That's what it should have been. But as, as a product on its own, it was terrible. And then the lazy sequel beating they did at the end here. Uh, next movie. Next. Um, for me, Transporter. Ah, yes. The show that I um, I horror. dragged him to see on yeah. my birthday. Yeah, no. I, I just went and knew it was going to be a shitty movie and I was going to have fun with it. And I just laughed because it was just so dumb. No, I, could, but, yeah. I, could, I could have barely tolerated this. Because again, you like your, your silly movies, but geez, boy, this one was just so bad. It was basically Euro trash movie. <laughs> Euro -trash. Yeah, it was Euro trash. It was just a waste of time. You could tell all the, no talent was involved in this. They, they quote unquote trying their best, but they just got a budget or it just, you know, it's, it's one of these untalented people who just have good connections and money. You get that feeling from it. That's what it was for me. It mm. was just a, a colossal waste of time. In my yeah. opinion. Uh, anything else to mention? What else? What else? What else was bad this year? Any that, that you regret seeing? Pixels. 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 Yeah. yeah again. I know as a, as, a, as, a, as a gamer. Yeah. You, no, you no. That, yeah. yeah. Again, Pixels is the next movie. That was another inexcusable, but not in the sense of Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler has been disappointing us for, for 
a good while now. Yeah. Um, in the case, I'll say it was Nintendo. Because Nintendo, they have, my attitude to them is that, wait, you're so skittish about Hollywood all this time. So unbelievably skittish about your material. Just because of the, the Super Mario Brothers movie in the early 90s. That was mm-hmm. what, 93 or something. It was 93. It was 93, 93 yeah. yeah. And I actually don't hate that movie, but yeah, it was a movie that just totally had a different vision and just didn't um, work in any way. Yeah, yeah. And so I could see why you would hate it. But then, but so Nintendo is like, oh, well, nobody ever going to make movies out of material. But then they decide to give to Adam Sandler this crap. And it's just such a terrible movie, in my opinion. Uh-huh, I, it was. It ha- and you can tell a lot of money has been spent in this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks well polished. Like, yeah. it looks really, like, technically yeah. efficient. Right. Efficient, yeah. And then probably my last one on the list, and I think you probably you will, will agree with this one. Um, I went to see it to give it a chance. Fifty Shades of Oh, you went cinema to see. It. I was tempted to see, but I will. Yeah. I will give you my Wait, opinion. On that yeah, waste of time. Um, I, it's it's the it's the worst of, of where Hollywood has gone in terms of what uh, IPs they're gonna buy. So it's it's fan fiction of something that's already terrible, right? So that why it is I would so somebody should go and see this, and it but it made a bunch of money. And it's you know the exact it's the extreme case of it's basically the female version of Transformers. Mm-hmm. It's you know idiots so just go see everything, and they're trying to sell it as well female empowerment in terms of sexuality. Not really. Now that's no, not no, it's not nonsense. It's not. That's bullshit. Um, yeah, total BS, total marketing nonsense. Yeah. Um, it was just a, a perfect example of, of um, direct capital versus cultural capital. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's just pretty much it. I really hated this movie there's just a colossal waste of time um and that's the thing i think you know it's you know you have many so bad it's good kind of nana films but none of these movies fell into that category so yeah all right so i will get into my take sorry my my picks for worst of the year before we get to our best stuff because i know that's what you guys have been waiting for well i guess you're probably waiting on such shit on movies which i'm gonna do like um right now Anyway, so honorable mention, um, I would say Knock Knock, <laughs> yeah. a show that could have been way better than, than it set out if it was just clever, not smart, because the premise is not smart at all, but if it was just clever, right. even in a Tarantino-esque kind of way, right. it could have been way clever than what it was. But what I just go was just, uh, you know, um, Keanu Reeves just being emasculated by two hot chicks. But it did give us a very, 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 very awesome and jaw-dropping meltdown from, from Keanu Reeves. Probably the best meltdown I have seen in movies this year. Um, YouTube it. It's called Free Pizza. It is awesome. It is so yeah. incredibly epic. You yeah. need to see it. So anyway, uh, jumping into number 10. Another, uh, one show that, um, that Ricardo mentioned, Terminator Genesis. Yeah. Initially, I didn't want to put it there because I know that they tried. But for me, at this point, yeah, I don't know. Just, just for me as a fan of the first two movies, it just <laughs> yeah. it's like no, you know, how far can the show go? Right. And and, and well, this uh, well, just one second, please. And okay, they start off good with going back to 1984. I was like, all right, this is interesting. Let me see where they're going. And then they just make this little segue into 2016, and then Skynet is an app, and then it's like, all right, they clearly just don't know what the fuck are they doing. It's just like okay. Just stop I, think, I, think, stop. I think what happened is again, not only because he has the big plot, again, I think format was the issue with a lot of the ideas. Yeah. So it's either you do one or two things. You change your format or you get a good script doctor to fit it to the movie format. Yeah. How is he going to tell a good story within two and a half hours or whatever it is? It was a long movie. I think it was over two hours. 
and I was, I was bored. Like le- it was less than one that. of the worst parts that they had, they had a lot of like good actors wasted in this. Like the guy who Skynet, the, the new the current Doctor Who. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. Sorry, not the current Doctor Who. The one last, the last Doctor. Yeah, the previous one, and they uh, just they just shoehorn sure, them like like yeah, in horrible. one scene, and that was it. I mean, Arnold is good. There, he does what he does because you know he's the only one to do it really good. But Jai Courtney, no. Um, Check who plays Sarah Connor, she was alright. Um, yeah, other all right. actors were alright. But other than that, it was just for all of the hype that they were building off it, it was just a disappointment to me. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, it just didn't work. Um, it it didn't they work just they should just kinda end it off or at least just get James Cameron to come back on board. I mean, if 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 they could just wait until he finish up Avatar 2, cool, no problem. But we didn't need Genesis. I'm sorry, we just didn't need it. Anyway, number nine. Like I say, I went into this knowing I would I would, I would have fun with it, even though it's a shit movie. Transporter refueled. Ha ha! Yeah. My goodness, this yeah. movie was so much a shit up. It was yeah. fun to watch. It's one of those shows that like, you, just, you just watch like shit face drunk. Yeah, that's the only way to really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, for me, yeah, the mistake I, I made was not taking in a couple of beers before going to see this. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even drink before that, watching the show, but uh, I just went I, and I was I laughing my ass. I should have done that. Because yeah, I know, because you hated that movie. It was so stupid. Yeah. Uh, I think what happened with it for me was it's, again, you're a trashy movie. Then no effort was made, no talent is involved, yeah. no one seemed to care. Um, and it was just lazy. Yeah, I that's mean, even, even the guy that got to replace um, Jesus Tatum's character. Yeah, that's a problem. Ah, this didn't do it for me. He, and he the just franchise, didn't do it. Here's the thing the franchise was already derivative of its time. You know, yeah. Transformers was always a kind of slight twist on the Fast and Furious franchise, but True. they just make it a little more serious. And I, I genuinely like the first film in the franchise. Yeah, second one sequels. I like because it was just so dumb is good. I yeah. like it for that. Yeah. No, Three, both, I just avoided no, altogether. Both, both sequels were bad. Um, but then to come with this nonsense, and then, this guy's in Deadpool, I think. Yeah, the, like, the, the, uh, the, the actor of yeah. the film who, you know, name escapes me Deadpool, right now. Deadpool most likely is going to be our next movie on the list because this month of, <laughs> no, 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 no. The month of January is, is what we call F.E. which January. It's coming out in February, by the way. It's coming out in February, so we're gonna, this most likely going to be the next movie. As I said, we're going to more likely skip everything in January. Um, yeah, we gotta just watch TV, whatever it is. Yeah, but, but I would say this much though: um, the jet ski sequence is probably the most hilarious action yeah, sequence I have seen this year. So dumb. Look for it online if you have to stream this movie just to see it. Watch it; it is hilarious. That was dumb. Um, thing was dumb for me. Uh, the part with the ghost riding whip. Yes, the ghost riding whip scene, which was so dumb. It's like it's just smacking your face, dumb, you know. Um, but my goodness, sir. So. Yeah. This yeah. Movie yeah. So, all right. So the next one, number eight, the boy next door. Yeah. Where we got JLo as the hottest English lit teacher I've ever seen in my life, yeah. who was seduced by a nineteen-year-old boy who yeah. is well, the, the titular boy next door, who is so not a boy. He's like a man in his twenties, but yeah. somehow she slept with him. And then, you know, he wants more, of course, because, you know, once you get you know, one night with Jilo, you want more, of course. I mean, I can't blame the man. No, so, you know, but, and, and then it's like, well, no, because I'm married. And then he's like, what, what? And then he just, like, I don't know, it's just how it happens. This switch just goes off and he just goes like apeshit crazy, though. He just started to get, like, really psychotic and that's in yeah. the worst way imaginable. So, it was cliche as hell. Yeah. Story made no sense. The acting was piss poor. I mean, well, with the exception of Jilo, because she tried. But the guy. Next door, fucking awesome. Uh, sorry, what's in awesome? Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Here to this movie. No, that, that's a big genre thing. Yeah, that's a big genre thing now. Uh, what I noticed about, um, 
you know, a lot of these movies, it's especially catering to, to women of color. It's this whole men who too good to be true and turns out to be a psychopath. I think Michael Healy had one. Um, Idris Elba had another one, and it was just really silly. And it says mostly older women, you know, be part of the role. So it's just it's a weird fantasy thing going on. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, these movies they make some reasonably solid amount of money. Yeah, they, the movie was 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 made for cheap, really. Right. Right, exactly. It, it, it makes back its money from what I understand. Again, Idris Elba had his own. Uh, I think that made some right cash. Um, yeah, um, Michael no, no good deed. Yeah. yeah, Michael Lee did another one. Um, um, the perfect, perfect man. Perfect man, yeah. yeah Which looked hilarious. No, the back, dice yeah, thing, I, 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 I kind of slightly regretted not seeing it. Again, I had to put dice, dice on a class of movies I need to do, which is drink two or three beers and then watch and then it. Go see. Yeah. yeah, I could have seen it too, but I was just like, you know, I don't know, just time and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so number seven. Taken Tree, <laughs> or the the sequel that should not have been. I mean, yeah, oh gosh. So Taken Two was bad as is, right? Taken yeah. Two was bad as is. I mean, Taken Taken great movie. And the funny thing is, is that after I watched too many, um, not too many, sorry, after I watched Transporter Fuel, yeah. I went home and I watched over the first Taken. Still enjoyed it, right? Yeah. Just still watch of that Euro trash taste of of my mouth. And then we had two, of course, which was awful. And yeah. now we have three, and it's like. Why is there a tree? Do, do we need a tree? Why is this show? Why does this movie exist? It had, like, when you really think about it, it really has nothing to do with what the first two movies were, which were about, which is about um, Brian Mills, which is Liam Neeson's character, or one of his um, relatives, or sorry, one, uh, well, in the, in the first one, of course, his daughter, second one, his wife. Now, in this case, his wife is killed. Yeah. And now he's just going to, oh, yes, he's framed for the murder. Yeah. And in a premise which, me or me not resemble the fugitive. He's on the run. I know he has to try and fix, try now he has to try and clear his name. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Taken. Although in the end there's a slight little thing where the daughter gets kidnapped again and it's really stupid. Yeah. Um so yeah, everything that you hated about the, the second film is there, the really quick editing into the action sequences. There's like seven shots. It's just a simple thing with, with Liam just climbing over a fence. Seven shots. Each of them just take like about half a second. It's like if you blink, you miss a shot. Um, unintelligible, you know, sorry, incoherent um, scenes, dialogue, you know, lifted from other great films like The Fugitive, yeah. wasted yeah. talent. I mean, Liam Neeson, his talents were wasted. And yeah. I mean, the guy just getting old. Stop giving him these no, movies. So, okay, I mean, so we're doing, no, okay, so we doing <laughs> the, the genre film stuff where you have the whole older gentleman being a badass thing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, Liam did actually have a great um, crime thriller called Run All Night. No, that was that awesome. infinitely better yeah, than yeah, this that one. Was awesome. Him and that. Ed Harris together. Yeah, awesome. See that movie. Yeah, that was good. Not the best movie in the world, but <laughs> yeah. way better than Yeah, yeah, that's what exactly we need to do with yeah. the material. Um, yeah, the, the, the whole older gentleman being a badass thing, you know, what I call the dad film. Um, you know, Denzel had his his one. Yeah, uh, Equalizer, which was which was The Gunman. Oh yeah, with um with uh, Sean, Sean Penn, Penn, which Penn, I heard was, was awful, terrible, boring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know that's a whole genre thing, and yeah, I don't know what you're doing with it. Um, and the, the sad part is that they just do it in the dumbest straightforward way. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I, I think it's it like would. It's, it's that expendables effect. Yeah, I think it would have worked better if it wasn't called Taken Tree. Yeah. If you just give it another title, okay, I'll forgive it. But yeah. you you want to add it to a franchise just because it's Liam Neeson. Come on. Yeah. No, no, it, it it's again ridiculous and. I would like to see somebody really subvert that soon enough, um, but it's probably not going to happen anytime soon because too many egos are on the lines. Yeah, I so, agree. 
but if this is the end of the franchise because the the, the the tagline is it ends here yeah please go ahead and end it just end it please yeah. we don't want any more stop it all right right or we will find them the creators and kill them I swear yeah. to God. No, tie that on anyway, right. so number six mordecai oh yeah i remember here as in johnny depp's um, yeah, that was terrible yeah the way i could describe mordecai is like this like like everybody loves johnny depp right everybody loves um pirates of caribbean um, I heard Black Mass was alright. Um, yeah, yeah. Is it right? So imagine you're having this little house party, and you just want this film to show, right? Like you're just bringing your friends over to watch this movie. Hey, I have Mordecai. Okay, I'm gonna put it, pop it in, watch it, right? Friends come over, they having fun, they talking, drinking, laughing, whatnot. Movie still playing, and then it's like, hey, what's this movie playing? Mordecai. Hey, Johnny Depp. You watch a little bit of it. Yeah. And then afterwards, more friends come through. They get a little uninterested. They start to talk to the friends. They go and get something to drink. And overall, just to make a long story short, the movie's playing and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. That is how that movie was to me. It was there. It was playing it. I didn't watch it in cinema. Thank God. I watched it at home. And I got bored. I got bored from like the first five minutes. I didn't care about the characters. I didn't care about the story. Everything was just uninteresting. Everything. Um, you had Ewan, uh, Ewan McGregor in it. You had Olivia Munn in it. You had yeah, um, Gwyneth Paltrow in it. Yeah, good people and even had Jeff Goldblum in it, and he just didn't care about anything. So like, I was just on Facebook. I was just chatting on Facebook while this movie playing. Like, wait, the show done yet? Show done yet? Show done yet? Yeah. You know, just keep going on and on and on and on. Tired, wasted, lame ass comedy. Hated it. Sad. All right. Yeah. So number five, yeah. another Next. wasted, lame ass comedy called Vacation. Yeah. Sequel of sorts to the great yeah. National Lampoon's Vacation yeah, and of course Christmas Vacation, yeah. great movie as well. Too. Yeah, so these geniuses decided that. Oh, oh we're gonna, of, yeah. of that, just before that, uh, just a quick shout out to Movie Bob or Bob Chipman. He's a Boston, uh, yes, 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 Movie Bob. Yes, he does great. a fan, he, I, big fan of the guy. Uh, he did a what well, he has a, a program called Really That Good and he did an episode of National Lampoon's Vacation. Why this but the first one, yes, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, right. Yeah, you should definitely check out Movie Bob on yeah. YouTube, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Vacation. They take, um, all right, so Chevy Chase's son in the in the original film, Rusty. He is the star of this new one. It's played by Ed Helms, yeah, who personally that. I wasn't really a fan of, but I respect uh, yeah, him no, as an I, actor. I was, always, no, I was always a fan of Ed Helms. I used to, since uh, he was on the, the Daily Show. Yeah, like them or not, um, yeah, he wasn't was a great, nice, dry humor to himself. But boy, oh boy, yeah, like like I don't hate him as as an actor, or whatever. But his, really his, his, yeah, his his talent was wasted. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. funny. He, he hang over movies, you know. Yeah, like yeah, he was, he was, he was. Um, Christina Applegate, who you may remember from uh, Ari Wachter and yeah. Axe Parents. Yeah, no, great good, show, good. still up to this day. She's a good actress. Yeah, she had, I think she had her own show. I forget she had another set come after. She did. Okay, yeah. I I didn't know that. Anyway, yeah. she plays wife. Um, they have two two kids, two boys. Um, the older boy is 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 is, is always being uh, bullied by the younger boy, and it just makes for some of the film's most distasteful films. Just imagine this little kid is like 19 years old, just really taking advantage of his older brother, calling him gay and writing penis on his arm um, on his on his guitar, among other things. And it's just really like the premise of the first one. Um, the father wants to have the best vacation ever for his family because he loves his family so much. So as opposed to going to some old cabin, they decide to go to Wally World, which is the first, which is the team park that um, Chevy Chase and his family went to in the very first film yeah. back in 1983. Yeah. So like he just wants to 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 to, um, to do the same thing again. And you see, like while the first films, I mean, if the, the the 
previous shows weren't great, but they did have the, the overall team was family. Was really how much you love your family, how far you're going to go for your family, even when things don't work out. And for all the films, things never work out. There was just one piece of shenanigans after the other. In this one, the whole family thing is just thrown out the window. It's just how do I discuss the audience for about an hour and 40 minutes? It's just one bad gag after the other. And yeah. all of it is just really pushing that R rating really, really over the limits, right? Yeah. It's only nearing the end where they, where they, where they shoot on Chevy Chase and his wife, well, sorry, his um, screen wife. Yeah. And it is where it starts to show a little bit of heart. And then when they finally reach the wall, he will, on the other hand, it just, it just fizzles out and dies. But just the, the, the journey going there was just wasted. Even Chris Hemsworth is in that movie. Leslie, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Leslie Mann is in this movie as well too. Her talents were wasted as well too. Overall, painfully unfunny. One of the, the 100 minute running time also feels like 100 hours. I swear to God, it was yeah. just painful, so. painful. Right? Next. <sighs> I had a brief for that one. Right? That was that was a disappointment for me. Number four is Pixels. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I am not the biggest gamer in the world. Okay, go on. Yeah. Let's not about talking about the gaming thing. That is the bad right. part. That's, uh, that's the sad right. part. Cool. That's yeah. the disappointment. But we had to talk about Adam Sandler and the, the basically the nihilist is he is pretty much become. Yes, and he's one of the reasons why I hated the film. Yeah. yeah. He is, a, as far as I'm concerned, he's a complete con artist. Um, oh my gosh. I wouldn't call him no, that. No, but... I would call him that because it's all about just giving his friends money. Um, making a half-assed product, not not seem to caring about the product. Yeah, because you know only, it's going to make money no, the anyway. Only, the only thing I, I kind of liked him in was um, Hotel Transylvania. Right, the, the animated yeah, film. Yeah, right? yeah, because it's a great like allegory for, for like Jewish life in, in the Catskills. And it does a good job with telling that story. Right. And it's a great story on its own. And that's the only, and his first one, the second one was a colossal waste of time. But the first right, one, didn't bother to no, watch the first it. one isn't great. Eh? It's, it's not. It's still quite mediocre. In my, but it's like, oh, some effort is being made. That yeah. from good people. Robert Smigel is the writer. Um, okay. Then they talked about did the animation. Great. But great. so it's a shame. But it's a shame that he come and just mock up. In a sense, you get a feeling that he was there just to mess that project up. Yeah. He has really become a somewhat of a nihilist at this point. He does good movies. Those movies don't make, and then he get becomes depressed and goes back and does crap again. Right. Um, uh, what was the movie there with um, uh, about 9-11? Um, Take On Me? Something On Me. Take On Me or something like that. But I know you're talking about that. I think yeah. Don Cheadle was Don Cheadle, that, was, yeah. that was a great movie. Good movie. Right. And he, the movie. Um, there was Punch Drunk. Sorry, Punch, Punch, Punch Drunk with, Love. With, 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 uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes, yes. Good movie. He, and then nobody go to see it and he get depressed. And then yeah. and it's like, no, dog, you gotta, you know, still respect the material. If, if you're not gonna do it, if you're not gonna respect material, don't do it. Yeah, and the thing is, he could star in great comedies. Uh, exactly. I, like, I wouldn't say Waterboy or Billy Madison are yeah, great no, comedies, but I'll they say, still have no, that sense of energy and yeah, human no, with what, it. Right, no, but it was, a, it was totally a product of its time, yeah, because. True, true, true. Me, Those are 90s. Totally movies, right. so, all and for me, for me, when you watch um, something like Waterboy, for example, Waterboy was, again, it was what they call it's in the category of I am 14, this is funny, right? Yeah. It's not. Good. It's a high quality show. Right. It's, per <laughs> it's, it's perfect for a 14 year old who thinks, who's now learning, um, you know, jarring comedy or scare comedy or something yeah. like that, right? And uh, he, you know, he is perfect for that in the 90s. He was that age, he had the energy at the time, but it just didn't translate for the 2000s. Yeah. His style of comedy didn't work. A lot of, a lot of other comedians in, his, in, in that roster just replaced him. Just that whole ironic style of comedy mm -hmm. he can't do. And it just, I don't know, that well just dried up and he just couldn't evolve. Yeah. And that's the sad part. 
Um, and and, it, and it's, it's, it's sad now that, you know, every year, every every time, every year, you hear a new Adam Sandler movie come, it's like, yeah, yeah can't yeah. wait to see because I know you're going to suck. Right, yeah, it reached that point. And again, yeah. again, tired of that shit, front. Yeah, so like this year, he had, um well, I think last year, actually, but it came out early this year, he had the Cobbler, which I didn't even bother to watch. But right, if I, I did, it would right. have been on the list for sure. I didn't go see it. Yeah, yeah um, Ridiculous 6, which came out on Netflix. Yeah, again, didn't worry to see it. Wanted to see it, so I could put it on the list, I but I was yeah, like, and nah, you see, I'm tired, of, I'm tired of entertaining this nonsense. At this point, come on, you're just wasting money and resources. There are so many other great filmmakers who could just do good material, but just even half the money what you take it. Come yeah. on, just look for that. Look for those people. Stop, yeah. just stop doing your shit. Look for people with talent and, and you know, really contributed to the world of film. Come on. Exactly. But Come yeah, on. but so I, I, I totally agree. But right. So for the re many reasons why I didn't like this film. For one thing, the, the story. Yeah. All right. Well, just the way I was executed. Sorry. The premise is pretty interesting when you think about it. Kinda, um, yeah. Aliens looking at some space pro from 1982, taking it as a call for war, you know, coming on and trying to challenge us or what that really interested if it was like in an animated film, like a half hour short or something, like that, which it was originated from. Right. But as a movie, no, you could tell that they just stretched this thing, stretch this thing. They just added tons and tons of pattern. You had Adam Sandler trying to start this relationship with Michelle Monaghan, um, Kevin James being the president. And then you had this guy, I forget his name. But he was the voice of Olaf in uh, everyone's oh, yeah. favorite Josh, film, Josh Frozen. Yeah, Josh Gad, being this really I'm, annoying yeah. ass character. Yeah, no, he, he, he's a person I never liked. Um, he is only to me he got lucky in Frozen, and he was yeah. okay in Frozen. Yeah, he was. He was. He was particularly special as a voice actor, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, but only because Frozen made um, boatload of cash, he became part of that. Yeah, I think he's a, a kind of untalented. I frankly. hated that character. And, he was just yeah. shout and shout and shout. He was so annoying. Yeah. And yeah, and then you have it just goes in this whole retro 80s thing. So but but here's the thing that really took me away from it, right? And that's later into the film. So we sent a probe to space in 1982. So the games that we that are being referenced in this film are, are from 1982. So why are we seeing Max Headroom? No, Which isn't is, a game A again, and it came out no, in the late 80s. That, no, but that's the thing, again, you don't waste your time because again, Adam Sandler does not give a shit. He, he keeps saying that he in the movie and he himself keeps saying that he likes um this stuff. But it, clearly, none of the rules of the games play out that way. Exactly. Like, Even like, like the Pac-Man thing, which yeah. was, which was, it looked good. It was a, it was a good-looking sequence, but yeah. still, like, no, because really? a lot of money was into it. But again, yeah. he does not care about the material because you're wondering, like, he played these games at all? Yeah. It don't, it don't seem so. It don't seem <laughs> at so. At all. Like, again, Adam Sandler does not care about anything. He's, he's become again. He to me, at the, in my opinion, he's at the lowest circle of health in terms of film and a film career. Yeah. It's, it's really bad because he's like, he's no care anymore. Yeah. And it, 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 I tired of him. His uh, intervention needs to happen. And I don't know what had to happen, but he have to just recall completely. Yeah. He really doesn't give a shit. At least he's not wasting time and putting stuff in theaters. So he cannot get relegated to Netflix, which yeah. is unfortunate because Netflix actually is a good domain for good talent. And shit, snakes like him shouldn't be, shouldn't be there bringing exactly, down the brand. Exactly, especially with his name and his yeah. brand. No, yeah, man. stop bringing down the brand. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, Next. So, yeah. We said talent, we said script. It Next. just felt lazy. That's, that's, that's my take. That's Next. why I really hate it. Is the Laziness. worst possible option of a film, yeah. in my opinion. But at least if with somebody like, say, Zack Snyder or Will Ferrell, or somebody like that where a lot of genuine talent goes into it and it, it doesn't work out or it doesn't fail. Like, say, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell has been doing a lot of bad to him. But yeah, but at tell, least he puts in tell, efforts. Right, you can tell a lot of, like, uh, experimental stuff has been occurring here. So it's interesting. Like, I really like Casamir Demi Patrick. That's an excellent movie. Right, right. That's but where he's parodying the um, yeah, um, Spanish telenovela, Spanish, yeah. Mexican telenovela. Yeah. Right. I thought it was really clever. 
but it didn't work out and it didn't make that much money, but you get it. Yeah. Um, stuff like um, everything must go. Again, interesting ideas. But now you kind of doing a lot of lazy stuff now. But see, but he's a person that kind of fluctuates though. Yeah, I, I guess Sandra, that's how it is with, with, with SNL actors, I guess. But yeah, I don't yeah, know. But, I really hope Wilfred will follow the direction of Sandler because... I, yeah, I, I hope not too. I hope not too. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, but Gary, so number three yeah. is a horror film that I did not want to see. And the funny thing is, is that yeah. the first film, I still think it's overrated, but I like what it did with yeah. the low, low, low budget that they had. They had some really good jump scares. That was at the time when jump scares were the thing. But now, you know, jump scares are like the unfortunate staple of like every horror film to come out for the past like five years or so but this one just took what was good about that film and i guess the franchise as a whole and just remind us why we didn't need a franchise from it in the first place of course i'm talking about paranormal activity the ghost dimension so i'm not even going to go into yeah. why we have a franchise but it's like if no, no, this is first, how you're gonna first, end it yeah, why the, the, first, end it yeah, no, for the, the first paranormal activity for me um was those this generation's Blair Witch Project. What Blair Witch was for me, this was for the later thing. So when that came out, I was like, okay, I can see why it's popular. I get it. But then they started making these terrible sequels. Yeah. And it was like, okay, you're kind of half-assing these. These don't need to have sequels. Yeah, and and is the intention too? Right. Milk as much as you can. That's the problem. Make your money. Where's this Blumhouse, right? Um, I don't think so. I know Paramount. Paramount is behind it for sure. Right. I don't think. Blumhouse is behind. I'll have to check, but okay. Paramount is behind it. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah, but but for me, story-wise, made no sense. You telling me you move into this house, you find a camera. Ooh, now with the camera, you could see spirits now. So you take away the whole gimmick of what the first film was about, which is just things that you that you don't see. Yeah. So you could be in this one room talking to to your your your, your loved ones, and you don't even know that a spirit is there. Yeah. Now we see the spirit behind it, some kind of freaking venom symbiont throw away from spider-man tree yeah. and that's supposed to be scary and then they just end it off in like this really pissful kind of way it's just yeah. like well yeah we kill everybody off and then that's it the end yeah. and it was supposed to reveal all the the the, the questions that were left hovering over the over the air with the with the previous movies well i haven't seen the previous movies but i could tell it didn't answer shit. Yeah. it didn't it just ended off as like yeah we're done okay let's go yeah. the end it's unfortunate um anyway next yeah. so I had to wrestle between number one and two. I had to wrestle with it a bit. I really had to give it some thought. Um, and yes, while I would have the while my number two pick would be anyone's number one, you really have to understand the context of it. So this yeah. is why I put that number two. Fantastic four. Yeah. Or fan four stick. Yeah, yeah. Fuck four shit as I call. Yeah, no, yeah, right? yeah. This was I, I, that's what I was forgetting. Um, yeah, this was no okay. So the story behind this to me is more. A real story rather than the movie itself. Yeah, and that's the reason why I put it as number two. Ask, by the way. ask yourself a simple question: If this movie is so bad, why is it that the studio still put it out? Yeah, they, they, it's just the perfect storm of of bad movie where modern Hollywood is designed to, for stuff like this to not happen. Exactly. And I don't know what the hell occurred, and it was from what I understand, it was really mean spirited. What happened? Yeah, it was. It was just real egos clashing. Yeah, yeah that's a, a total mess. They, I hear they, they, they lock him out of the, the editing room. This is um the director. Yeah, Josh Trank. Trank yeah. And even him didn't seem to give a shit because he came on yeah, set he was, drunk. He was, he was pissed off. Right? He had he his was, dogs and they were making a mess and he yeah, he, he, yeah. He, he, he was back. He, like he, at one moment, I think he cussed out um, Kate Mara who plays Sue Storm in the yeah. film. And brought her to tears. That's so unfortunate. It was, it was, a, it was a problem. Now, he, he coming off a Chronicle and Chronicle was a solid movie for me. 
and everybody was like, all right, let's like, give some hot director wherever it is. And it's just now he had he had ideas for it. Eh? Yeah, he did, and now, they were, were kind of good. I guess, yeah. He had a lot of interesting ideas. He had some body horror in it. Yeah. Um, you know, you could tell he wanted to do a lot of interesting. Now, I don't think the movie would have been that great, frankly. It no. been, I'd have put it, I'd have probably put it on the same level of uh, Mark Webb Spider Man. The first one, right? Yes, not the second one. Yeah. That was bullshit. That was a waste of time. But no, I was expecting it to be around that level of quality. And what we got was, boy, yeah, a mediocre movie. Just everything not working out. Yeah, and, yeah. I'll be one of the worst of the year. For me, it's like, like if you sit down and watch this film, you will see moments where it's like, okay, they change this. I didn't expect for them to change it. Of course, they're not gonna stay true to the to the source material, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Which I guess is a detriment to the overall um, franchise, I guess. But whatever. So you see little glimmers of of promise, like yeah, yeah this could actually work. And then as soon as you get invested, no, we're not gonna do this again. We're not gonna do this anymore. Was the actor who played that? I forgot. Um, the black guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's from House of Cards. Yeah, as well. Great actor. Oh yeah, House of Cards season three, fantastic as well too. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, he. Um, yeah, no, he. They are good people in this, you know. And I yeah, like Michael B. Jordan, Mike, Kate Mara. Kate Mara good in this. I like, I like them. They're not good in this, but yeah. they, I like them in this. Uh, Miles Teller, of course. Miles Teller, yeah. good. Like, he came out. Yeah, he came straight off of um, Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And just to have this nonsense, but it's a shame. Yeah. Well, no, but here's the sad part. Everybody coming out of this now, um, like nobody's to blame at the end of the day. You know, they're gonna make um, Fox is gonna sell the franchise back to Marvel. Um, yeah. That I don't think that's gonna happen. Although it should. Um. They're gonna make a next one, but they're gonna make people forget that this exists. Yeah. Um, Josh Trank, I don't think his career is over. Um, no, I, I think I'll, I'll, I kind of put him in the same place as David Fincher with with Alien Tree. With Alien Tree, yeah. Yeah. Um, we brought out Alien Tree, and then yeah, three yeah. years, seven came out. Seven came out, and that was it. Right. Um. And. Yeah, but he, I don't know. He, so I can see his career going on from this. Of course, Michael B. Jordan already recovered from this. Kate Mara already recovered from this. Yeah. They, they did much better movies, and is on my list. Yeah. Uh, for the year but, uh, but yeah but fantastic four is just it's just it's like, unfortunate. like uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate that's yeah. why i can't play it as number one you yeah. could tell that people tried but it's just because of the egos you know yeah. could probably it's just because of the egos that went into it yeah it just failed and and the people that really suffered at it you know so much the studios come I mean, they're just thinking about money and actors thinking about money and recognition right but the, the ones who really suffer the most were the fans yeah, the people exactly. who went in and expecting now, something still, good you still cannot get a damn good doctor doom who, exactly and to me doctor doom is arguably or if not the best villain the best marvel villain that they have Ever. and still can manifest them properly on screen yeah. get good magneto we get good we get good red skull we get good loki yeah we get a oh, come on and you would think like no in the in in this new decade here you know that you could actually try to stick the source material make him that dictator of of um black Furia. no we're gonna have him be a friend of one of the the yeah, heroes and have him and i know, you know thing, the last, no, doctor, doom, the last doctor doom was terrible but he was is an actor i like he was uh this guy from the top and he played i think baltazar from um Charmed. Okay. Yeah, yeah good actor. I haven't, a cha- I haven't seen Charmed in years. Yeah, he's an old show, but he was in that. Shit. And just he, at the time, I remember they chose him for Doctor Doom. I was like, oh, cool, he's a good actor, but any movie was such a mess. Yeah, it was, it was a modern take on Doom, and it just didn't work this, at Yeah, it didn't work at all. Whatever. But yeah, um, Next, so yeah. final movie. Um, so, final movie. one. I know it's probably a lot of people's uh, worst stuff. It's actually his worst stuff, actually, Ricardo's. Fifty Shades of Bullshit. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, and and I will confess yeah. something before I get to you. I will confess something. I actually was t I actually was planning to go and see us on Valentine's Day. Reason being because Valentine's Day fell on a Saturday. Yeah. I wasn't ex not because I wanted to see who would have been there, but just if this film would have lived up Pro to that hype. Yeah. And yeah. I saw it once after I saw the unrated version, which I thought was gonna be like really more raunchy and more raw. Nope. No, it was just a waste of time. No, but that's, here's the weird thing about this. Again, we could get in, and again, I'm gonna probably sound sexist here, but the, the psychology of the, everyone involved here. So, this is a well made movie. So, what's your. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cinematography is yeah. on point. Yeah, good. It's and a good it's not, the music it's not as well, too, from Danny yeah. Elfman, yeah. of all people. Well, yeah, yeah, good movie. It was it's good, it's good in that sense. So, you can still defend the movie, but it's just the culture and the nature around it is just strange. There's a strange yeah. pathology going on here. Again, much like Twilight, where you have a bunch of older women involved, there's there's two fans of Twilight. You have young teenage girls that it's intended to be. Yeah, they're more focused on that right. and demographic. Then there's girl. an ancillary audience, right, of, of older women who's into Twilight. They, they're way too old for the, that shit. Right, but, but they, they just like to fantasize yeah, about yeah, that yeah, romancing. Yeah, 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 anybody remember anybody remember a song by Nas, Second Childhood? Oh, That's classic That's exactly song. what's happening here. Just um, live in my second childhood. Yeah, and yeah. just people who just do not belong in this. And what he decided to do is say, all right, let's let's an actual let an actual quote unquote and quote severe quotes here adult write about make a fan fiction that is actually about the adult part of this and make a quote unquote realistic aspect of it. Yeah, I'm sorry, Christian Grey is a complete psychopath. Yes, he is. This, I don't he understand like this robot, like this this lifeless, yeah. loveless robot. Do you expect me that this woman gonna fall and head I over don't heels? Again, I don't understand who these people who are fans of this. Who are these women who are fans of this? Yeah. I am sorry, that is scaring me. Yeah, and, and there was this one line that he says, like, um, I don't make love, I fuck hard. And you telling me this is supposed to wow women? Yeah, like, oh know. my god, I love Christian Green now. No, and it's terrible. I don't man. know who is these people who think this is this some kind of feminist empowerment kind of thing. This is a strange wait, wait, wait. Here's the thing they will say feminist because it's a female director. Doesn't, the, doesn't wait, matter. Strange. Does yeah. not matter. No, but here's the thing with me. No, you could take a cheesy story and make it work. With a good, you can make a good film out of it. Here's an excellent example that recently occurred: a film called Gone Girl, David Fincher. Love that movie. The core, anyway. the core story is very cheesy, but it does a lot of great metaphor again about gender. Yeah, and, and society and as well. Society, how society and, looks and, at gender. Exactly. This movie didn't have that, so you could you could have a very silly story that does a, a very nice deep commentary about the material or what it is they're talking about. This film, nope, sorry, horrible. Yeah, and then, I'm gonna and make the effort. Here's what I'm gonna yeah. do. Just to give it a fair shot, I'm gonna give it a fair shake and, and try to be fair to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the time, find the time to read over Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm gonna read. Oh, you read it? I'm gonna read it over. Yeah, I was because <laughs> to look, it's to see what people see in it now. I, I, yeah, I, I was I was something to do that too. I, I, I don't know. No, because you see, you have to get into the anthropology of it if you're gonna if you want to be serious about this. If you see something that's incredibly cheesy and ridiculous, right? You from your face value is like, oh, this is bullshit. This is yeah. nonsense. But yet it is ridiculously pop popular. Yeah. Then it has to have something there that you not see. Exactly, and, right? and I don't blame you for for trying to delve in. And, no, it could be it could be appealing to the lowest common denominator in the sense of it's just the base brain, the brain, you know, the, the most, you know, it's it's why it is that a certain pop song works. Yeah, why it is pop music works and a, a deep, deep more, you know, smarter love bother wouldn't work, mm -hmm. not be as popular. But same thing with rap as well yeah, too. Why why certain right. rap songs right. work like what they hear on radio, but why the more deeper Exactly. Stuff doesn't right you know? exactly. There's a psychology and anthropology to it. So that's where Fifty Shades of Grey is a fascinating kind of little exploit in that way. Yeah. Right. And so I, but as as is for me, it's complete nonsense. 
and they have many cases of movies where the, the critics hate it and the fans love it and that kind of stuff. I have no idea what's going on here, but it's one of those examples. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we, um, is, is just a, yeah, we, the thing is, it, is that it's a film that just couldn't work. Um, it's a mess. It shouldn't work. Like, it this should, should work, not it's, have it's, been it's, a what, film. It's a perfect example of, again, what I call cultural capital being at zero and financial capital being a hype because it just plays to the base nature of the fans. Yeah. Um, and I have a problem with that. It's just this, this, this appeal to the id that I have a serious issue. Whatever. All right. Well, well, me, like I say, I went and I just wanted to see if this shit was going to live up to the hype. Not like I was a fan of the book at all. You, you probably might even see me reading that book unless I just have time to kill, which I don't. Yeah. But what I saw, I, I just didn't see what the big deal was. I didn't care for it at all. The romance, I didn't buy into it. Yeah. I mean, Anastasia Steele, which is so not a porn name. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I get what you're trying to do with her character, her being a little cautious of this guy. And I guess because it's labeled as a romantic movie or I didn't see the romance in it, yeah. you're supposed to buy into the fact that, yes, she will fall in love with him and whatnot and then kind of move away and that kind of stuff. But I just didn't buy a second of it. But still, as a character, I just find that she was weak. And if you want to put this from this spin on it, that okay, yeah, um, sexual freedom. Yeah, or Christian else. Grey is the antagonist because he's using this um, S and M kind of thing, so he's going to be the dominant one, and then yeah. she kind of turns the tables on him. I guess, yeah, I guess but it, even okay, even so that it's, just it's supposed work. to have a book trilogy. We're supposed to spin it as that, I suppose. So when yeah. she, when the girl gets older, she's supposed to be more mature and see see through the bullshit. Right. You know, he's getting a war war with money and whatever it is. But this movie as is. I didn't get out at all. I get. I just got it as a celebration of a psychopath. Yeah, that's and, what it came across. Like. And and just to finish things up, because again, a little headache. Just just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, performances were awful. Well, yeah. I, I would give. I would no, give. I would give. Um, the um Dakota Johnson. I, I take her name. Yeah, she's okay. I'll give her credit because she tried. She did her best. Yeah. But the script was laughable. Yeah. Pacing was off. The cinematography looked really good. Danny Elfman's music was serviceable, as I said. We got two. Kind of good song, radio songs out of it. You know, L. Goldings, um, Goldings, right? Whatever cinema is, um, right. Love Me Like You Do, right. and The Weekends, it? Right. They were big, you know. If whether you like it or not, that's right. that's your that take. A, a remix of Beyonce, I think. Yeah, um, for Crazy in Love, yeah. yeah, that was in the trailer. But I don't know, it's just the way how it was, it was meant to look like, like, yes, it's a, it's a really scandalous kind of romance, and it really was going for the whole scandal kind of vibe of it. And of course, the sex scene. I think they just put more effort into Ed, making these sex scenes really totally anything too. Yeah, but just it's like when they're seeing that. Yeah, oh that's just dumb yeah. cuts. Cut yeah, just cuts. dumb cuts. And of course, the the controversial S and M scenes. Are we yeah. going to go so deep into BDSM and this is going to be so raunchy and like it's in your face? No, they won't. They were boring. I watched it. I zoned out. I didn't give a fuck. So yeah, yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey shouldn't have been a movie. Yeah. I mean, these Fantastic Four. Yeah, but compared to Fifty Shades of Grey, people, just, people just not working together and not caring about the project, and everything yeah. just collapsed. Because you know the burden of room. Yeah, but Fifty Shades of Grey was just yet another attempt yeah. by Hollywood just to find another popular book franchise and be like, oh well, yeah. people love Fifty Shades of Grey, so let's do this. And now we're gonna get a trilogy. Thanks, anyway, thanks a lot, Hollywood. It made the money, so no yeah. one did okay. So on to better things now. Finally, the moment you've been waiting for. Yeah. Best movies of the year. So we're just gonna run through this a little fast. So we're just gonna do number ten, like 
right, so number no, 10 I just, is yeah, just jump straight I, I just have some mentions running through my mentions for the year. Now, All right, so you do your mentions, yeah, I'll do my mentions, yeah, and we'll jump There are two right? sets of mentions I have. Um, I have it's films that I didn't get a chance to see, so I can't review them. But it's, they would have been on my list if I saw them. I'm, they more than likely expected them to okay. be on my list. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We don't quick run through. So, um, Son of Saul. This was a, uh, from what I understand, quite good. Uh, yeah, I know it's going to be an Oscar contender yeah, for heard, sure. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, I hear about it a lot. Supposed to be um, next couple of months. It's supposed to be, from what I understand, quite uh, basically a Holocaust story. Um, quite good. We go some talk and run through. Mm-hmm. Um, Last days of the desert. Uh, this is starring Ewan McGregor, where he's playing Jesus in the in the desert. Uh, and I, from what I understand, it's in both Jesus and Satan. He's playing, right. Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, take on that, that, that duality, yeah, yeah. characters, and less, I would like to see them. I'd like to see them do a good job with that thing. I, and it came out early in the end, so I'm surprised I didn't get a chance to see it. Um, mm. Anomalisa, this is a Charlie Kaufman animated film, right? Uh, so it's pretty good. He, Charlie Kaufman, is one of the favorite writers. He did a famous movie, Dustin in New York. Yeah, no, so did one of my favorite movies. Um, well, wrote one of my favorite movies being John Malkovich, the Angel, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Adaptation. Yeah. Great movie with Nicolas Cage, yeah, by the way. Excellent movie. Um, Deepan, this is a movie about a Tamil living in France. And it just the, the idea of Tamil immigration and immigration in France. Uh, there's a big story in France. You know, there's a whole story there. You know, France having to deal with, uh, you know, Muslim immigration. Right, um, right. Indian immigration, a lot of immigration from the Togo. And, you know, France has a very unique, to say the least, um, cultural and, and colonial history. And that, that shows up in the film. Um, our last one we call Hardcore. This was based off of, uh, remember there was a 2013 film uh, about like this first person view kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually remember that video. That yeah. was badass. They made a whole movie of it. And it was pretty badass. And, and I heard it's quite good. Didn't get a chance to see it. I really, really was pissed off. So that's maybe the five films I had where it was movies I sure if I saw, I would have probably made top 10 for the year. All right. So these are movies I did see. All right. Well, well before you get to that, sorry, my, my honorable mentions, if you may, are. Uh, just a few of them, it won't be long, right? So my honorable mentions are Kingsman, The Secret Service. Yeah. Truly enjoyed that um, as a kind of like subversion of the whole spy genre, especially like from the, the British um, spy films in the 60s as yeah. well too. Yeah, added uh, a lot of meta. Yeah, lots of lots of meta humor as well too. Yeah. Uh, the Peanuts movie, yeah. which I enjoyed for its nostalgia and just really reminded me why I love the Peanuts films so much. Yeah. Sicario, yeah. beautifully okay. shot, well acted, well executed. Um, just story-wise, not something that just stood out to me the yeah. most, but still a very grim view, you know, yeah. um, view, view and experience, I must say. Yeah. And Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, mm-hmm. um, they took the best of the previous four Mission Impossible movies and just brought out probably the most enjoyable film in the series thus far. Yeah. So here's to uh, 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 another great um, Mission Impossible film in the future. Right. And just one more thing, um, Guilty Pleasure movie. Because I always have that guilty pleasure movie. Just that film is so ridiculous and dumb and over the top, but I still love it just for entertainment factor. Furious Seven. Right. Yes, we saw a car smash through two buildings and yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. I saw it on IMAX. It was awesome. I saw it in Movie Town. It was awesome. Saw it on 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 saw it at home. It was awesome as well yeah. too. I even bought the Blu-ray DVD combo pack for like eight US. I'm, I'm not gonna watch it this year though. Well, I mean, the year is almost up. But I'm not gonna watch it. I mean, three times is enough for the year. So. Right. Probably sometime next year, but yeah, guilty pleasure yeah. movie for the year, hands down. Yeah, the rest of my movies I'll just cut through. Um, Truth, starring uh, Robert Redford, playing Dan Rada. Right, that's that, that, that's number ten. Please? No, no. Oh, okay. Which is just the rest of my list. This is All the right, films right. I did see, but didn't make the cut. Yeah. Um, yeah, Truth, starring Dan Rada. Uh, 
pretty pretty damn good but still there's another journalism movie that's better than this on the list yeah, yeah. pretty damn high on my list right um but so it's pretty good it's well done but it, it still didn't really make the cut for me i thought it was just still normal and not that well and that, that backstory was interesting it's basically just how a lot of politics went on in the, in the retirement of the famous journalist Dan Rada, famous news news from right. Uh, Meal and the Dangle, nice little film again about film mm -hmm. fans. Pretty good. Yeah, uh, I wanted to see it, but you yeah, know, just didn't get the time to see. A it. lot of film film fan a minute. Uh, right. Great story and a nice little story. Really, a nice main character. Well shot, well done. Um, nice little first film, so it would. Um, dope. Didn't make the cut because it was, uh, if it was a younger director, I'd have given it a chance, but it's, a, it's supposed to be a well-established director. And it's a shame that that person didn't really improve their talent or skill over the years. It is the director of The Wood, um, yeah. that is his name. Um, to, to see all this time pass and to see the techniques just look so amateurish, that was the bring down of the movie, so it was a big disappointment in that way. Uh, um, but I liked it. Yeah, okay. Um, had a lot of great hip-hop stuff, good good actors and things. Uh, ooh, Tangerine. This is uh, one of the first, first of the two basically movies that signed to focus on transgender um, people. Yeah, that, that, was, that was getting a lot of buzz. A lot of buzz year. in this year. Um, may may that, get Oscar nod, who knows? I'm not sure. Yeah, it might. Um, it was shot with an iPhone, which was a big thing as well. Yeah. Um, so that kind of embarrassing a lot, <laughs> a lot of the hard, the, the hard for film people. Yeah. Um, I must have my Aris yeah, um, yeah, camera. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Ari Alexa. Uh, Trombo. Mm -hmm. Nice little film about now. With Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, uh, Louis C.K. was in it, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, solid movie, uh, but <laughs> didn't make. I thought it would have done a lot better job with the story. Okay. It's kind of bland. Um, another movie that's similar to it that's coming. Um, these Coen Brothers, they're going to do Hail Caesar. Yes. I expect um, that to be the equivalent early, of that. Early next year, but yeah, yeah. I expect that to be the equivalent of this, but much better. Um, the King's One Secret Service. Was there? Well, but you already explained why it was awesome. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Well, very stylized, good, good action fight. Yeah. Badass. I watched it over on cable the other day. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's your scene, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my awesome. god. Oh my god. movie really well done. Matthew explained why. Another transgender movie, The Danish Girl, starring Eddie Redmayne. This might win an Oscar. Yeah, um, I have a feeling so. Yeah, it has movie, Oscar I, I beat written I all over it. I couldn't get into the story itself because it wasn't that interesting. It was just all about the transgender thing, which I suppose for many people is enough. But yeah. I need, I still need good characterization. I didn't get that from this. Eddie Redmayne is a person that's fluctuating for me personally because he does a lot of great stuff, but he seems that he does a lot of terrible stuff. This was not an example of that. It's a lot of good stuff he did in this. Um, he's pretty damn good in it. Um, it's again, it's meticulously and, and impeccably shot. Right. Um, but again, still didn't really pull me. Last three, Creed. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Enjoyed it. Um, but again, because it ripped off Rocky so much, I, I couldn't um, get into it. Yeah. I, I had a problem with, and we're gonna talk about a lot of films this year that did that. Right. Um, Wolfpack. A damn good documentary about film fans, but at the same time really disturbing about they, they just was not allowed to leave their apartment oh, for sure. the whole life until like eight sixteen or something ridiculous like that. Okay. Um, and it was like a big a mix between a cult movie and a cult film fan movie. Ah. It's a nice little thing there. Yeah. The fans are they remind me of a guy, they used to quote movies because they watch them so much, quote the Matrix, replicate the scene, mm -hmm. quote Reservoir Dogs or something like that. Um, and it's unfortunate that this couldn't have been constructed better as a documentary because I think it felt a little amateurish. Okay. Um, but that was about it. Straight out of Compton. Ah. Pretty good. Enjoyed it. Um, it fell into a lot of the trappings of, of music, music, music biopics. Biopics, yeah. But also puts on on level of movies like Ray or something like that. If this yeah. movie came out some in a different year, it would have made my top ten list. Like what? Early, early um two thousands or something? I don't know. No, no, not just the timing, but just a different year. It just had so many other good movies this year that out just out outshined it in my opinion. Yeah, so yeah. I, 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 I didn't have it in this. And the yeah. last film on the list, which is Chirac. 
really, please I really, really enjoyed yeah. this movie. Again, I, I consider this movie so strange. Again, I was one, I was worried, really worried that that uh, Spike Lee was going to go all pretentious and crappy, but he decided to go the direction of Alejandro Horowski, which is off the wall, balls crazy, yeah. but still really well done. A lot of good um, metaphor and, and sub subtext here. Uh, so yeah, that's just my list for that. Uh, all right. So yeah, so you'll jump into the top ten. Uh, we won't we won't go too too deep into like um like um plot points and whatnot to so just see why we love yeah, what, so, what we loved about so it what, what's yeah, the what most we're gonna right? do is that Matthew gonna do his ten and I'm gonna do my ten and you're just gonna cut them from me. All right, so I will just all right, so I will start with my ten yeah. and then we'll get to Ricardo's one, right? So I'm just gonna run through. So number ten, X Machina. Okay. Which believe it or not, um I saw a few days before doing this podcast here. Um, I just had to see because I, I heard a lot of great stuff about it. I know there's a lot of hype, a lot of buzz about it, so I had to see for myself. And um, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's one of those shows that leaves questions hanging, but in a very good way. Not in an overly pretentious kind of way. Something that you go back and you learn and you, you pick up certain things about it, which is great about every about about the great sci-fi films, you know? Yeah. Even the stuff that you don't fully comprehend, like a 2001 or, you know, stuff like that. It's not as heavy in terms of like um its content but it but it has a yeah i don't i don't ricardo has a lot to say on that but yeah. it has a lot to say but what i love the most about it is how it it, it um how it always kind of catches you off guard you, you you think the story is going to go one way and then it just goes different directions as well too it really has your question um you know just how the mind looks whether it's a human mind or if, or if it's artificial artificial intelligence you know yeah. you you always think that you know because a program is programmed to do one thing that is supposed to just do it but what if there's a flaw what if it just decides out of the blue what if it's just self-aware and just decides well i don't want to do this yeah you know and that's the that's the way all humans think as well too you know we we are conditioned to do certain things but what if we don't want to do that yeah. what if we want to take another path you know i just like how they play that and with a very very fascinating story with great acting especially from oscar, oscar isaac, isaac oscar who isaac. steals his show yeah and oscar isaac is, yeah. is he had such a good year this year yeah, yeah i mean he also starred in star wars as the charismatic cool dameron you're yeah. gonna be hearing a lot about him i know you know he has a great career ahead of yeah. him so let's just hope he stays on that yeah. path but yeah ex machina in terms of just being a thought-provoking piece of sci-fi cinema enjoyed it my number 10 is sakari um, ah. really enjoyed this movie roger deacons really blew me away with the script um, with his sorry, with his with his uh, cinematography, uh, director uh, Villeneuve, uh, Denis Villeneuve, he doing a lot of movies, doing a lot of great stuff. He did Enemy last year. Yeah, he really good. Uh, he did um, Prisoners, which uh, I loved back in 2013. Yeah, I loved really that movie. movie. That was my second favorite. Yeah, of excellent that. movie, excellent story, and they uh, the two of them together staying together doing the new Blade Runner movie. So I think Yay! that's a good sign. I yeah. mean, Blade Runner is a movie that I don't think anybody should recreate. I really hope they don't mess it up. But the two of them together, my gosh. Yeah, they might make some magic. Exactly. Topics. If you're going to pick up here for it, and the movie is grimy as hell. Um, yes. The character played by Benicio Del Toro Alejandro is a fantastic character. Yeah. So much so that I would really like him to be in sequels, that he continue his story. And I want him to get that nomination, an get, Oscar yeah, nomination. Get something. He has to get good. one for that. The movie was just it's so well shot, so beautiful. Yes, yes. Um, and the music as well, yeah, too. Dark yeah, it and grim and haunted. Yeah, yeah. And it, had this, it was basically True Detective Season 2.5, in my opinion. Yeah, it, 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 it. did. It, 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 I have a True Detective feel yeah, for it, to be It honest. still doesn't do anything truly brilliant or anything like that. Yeah, really which well, is why I had it as my so, honorable mention. Yeah, so. I, have it, I have it quite low on my list as well. So, yeah. But it deserves to be on my top 10 list for me. No problem. Yeah. All right, so number nine for me is uh, Bridge of Spies. Okay. Spielberg, yeah, it came back. It came back strong with this movie. You remind us why he's such a great filmmaker. 
he reunited with uh, Tom Hanks. I think this is their yeah, third collaboration. Yeah, third collaboration. I, I could be wrong to the fourth. I think it's third, right? Um, and yeah, you might look at the title, you might think, well, yeah, this is going to be a really heavy espionage film and stuff, but no. It's based on a true stories about Tom Hanks' character. He has to defend a Russian spy, um, but he has to be part of this sort of treat, uh, exchange between um, the Russian spy and this American soldier that was shot out of the air during this reconnaissance mission. And what I loved about it is just really the fact that it's not about war and starting war. It's just that, yes, we're two superpowers, two big nations. You know, if we sit down, we talk, and we compromise and work things out, yeah, we could come out of this, you know, with a deeper understanding of ourselves, you know, not just like, you know, bodies and blood and whatnot. Yeah. Acting is solid from start to end. Cinematography is great. Thomas Newman's score as well, too. Fantastic. I always loved him as a, as a composer. And yeah, this is this is Spielberg just reminding people, yeah, I, this is why I love film. I yeah. could tell that he loves the old school films and it shows it in this film and it shines from start to end. So yeah, yeah great. Loved it. Don't let the heavy dialogue fool you into thinking it's going to be a boring film. It is not. It's very, I won't say it's exciting, but it's a very engaging watch from start to end. So definitely check it out. Yeah. So what's your number nine, Ricardo? My number nine is Mad Matsuru. Ah, yeah. Number nine. <laughs> yeah, this movie, I, I like this movie. I really love this movie. Um, but I, in my opinion, it is grossly overrated. Um, I And as a huge fan of the film, I would agree. It is very ridiculously overrated. Is, I, I think why it, why it got so low on my list is because it just didn't establish characters. Um, it just skipped a bunch of stuff. Like, I'm a big narrative person, so you need to, like, tell that story clearly and for me to build that world. Yeah. It did a lot of great world building, and it's a strong movie, not me. But it doesn't appeal to me in terms of that narrative. They didn't yeah, establish characters I, properly. Well, I guess it's just the it approach felt, of this dropping you in the middle of this This is what the fourth film. Right, but it felt like the fifth film because they keep talking about things that didn't, I never saw. A bunch of characters that keep referencing. All right, well, I will I will talk about that when yeah, I mention so it. Was, uh, I like this movie. Now, it looked good. And I think I didn't like it as much simply because I saw almost everything and all the action sequences in the trailers. So it kind of spoiled a lot of that for me. Um, right. But I like this movie. It's very well well done. They had a good, I mean, the coloring and it looked beautiful. Right. Um, all the live action, um, you know, action sequences were great. Even watching it over and not, not being that blown away or surprised by it, it was still well done. Right. And a nice little message as well. Great story about, about you know, progress and the nature of things. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was solid. I really enjoyed it. Um, recommend number nine. Okay. Number eight. So my number eight is Street Out of Compton. All right. Um, not the biggest fan of MWA, but I was so surprised and really glad to hear, you know, when, when they announced they were going to have a movie based off of the most controversial rap group of all time, NWA. And then when I saw it on screen, it was like, wow, they actually pulled it off. Yeah. The casting was was perfect. You know, even casting Ice Cube's real son to play his father. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Stroke brilliant. of genius, yeah. right? Um, just being able to cover their very exciting history. And, you know, with all the ups and downs, of course, as a group, you know, you know, stuff with business and friendship and whatnot. Just being able to cover all that stuff in two and a half hours. And still... They just managed to leave one important aspect of, of the whole NWA story. I, I don't know, maybe they might add it into the director's cut of the of the movie, which is supposed to come out um early in January, which I'm definitely gonna buy, of yeah. course. Gonna buy that shit original. Yeah. Um the acting was was great. The music, of course, you know, the soundtrack from all um NWA songs and West Coast hip hop songs fantastic as well too. Yeah. Um just recreating that time period from the late eighties, from the mid eighties, sorry. 
to the mid nineties. Right. It was fantastic. And just seeing these these people that I've been listening to in my head for eight for, for years, you know, um Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, MC Ren, yeah. Tupac. Yeah. You know, just seeing them on screen. Even even right down to Shug Knight, you know, a, a yeah. person that like in your rap world people tend to hate, you know, because they think they're just seeing him on on screen was just amazing. So yeah. as a biopic it would just as 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 a piece of, of hip hop history and music history in general, it yes. would. So yeah. fantastic movie. Definitely check it out. My number eight is The Lobster. Okay. This movie was so strange, so well done, but easily one of the best black comedies I've seen in a long time. All right, all right. It's basically what if Wes Anderson does a uh, dystopic cipher. That's okay. what it feels like. Right. Uh, who, who directed? Director is a Greek, Greek director. I forget his name. Um, okay, well, but he he um he has, he has some interesting movies that are a lot less accessible in this film. But this film was just so well done for me, and has some good stars in it. It's Colin Farrell, Leah Sadu, um, Rachel Weisz, uh, good stars, funny, uh, really dark. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds really dark moments in it, frankly. Um, actually, the funniest part of the movie for me was the darkest part of the movie as well. Uh, what they do with it, um, it, 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 it didn't truly catch me off guard, but it was just so well done. It's like it was, you, you didn't expect them to do it, and he actually did it. And it was really, really funny what they did there. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I recommend this movie. It's a nice little flick. I totally recommend it. Um, Colin Farrell's great in it. Everybody's yeah. so dry. And if you think about it, everything kind of makes like a good good set of sense mm-hmm. even though there's it, it's, it's a it, well, it's, it's a big play on satire and gender politics okay and, okay and they, you know marriage in particular you'll see what you're talking about right. go watch your lobster it's very fun one of I'll, the best black comedies in it i'll i'll check it out for sure yeah all right so number my seven. my my number six seven? sorry seven oops sorry seven is a uh, creed yeah okay yeah um didn't expect a rocky sequel to come out this year I mean, we got South Paul, and I thought, oh, that was the only rock, um, boxing movie yeah, you're going to get to see. And then is, Creed just came out of nowhere. I was like, okay, Michael B. Jordan playing Apollo Creed's son, yeah. Sylvester Stallone reprising the role of you know Rocky Balboa. That's yeah. the role that made him famous. Yeah. Um, so Rocky training Apollo Creed's son to fight you know, and whatnot. I was like, okay, this this looks very good. And then I saw it, and I was just blown away. Yeah. Um, the, the direction was great. Acting was great, too, especially from Sylvester Stallone. You know who, who who played his old grizzle version of, of Rocky Balboa perfectly. Yeah, he this man get, needs an Oscar nomination. Yeah, 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 no, he I, has I, to I get suspect, nominated I suspect for that. he might get a nomination. I yeah. thought it was really well done. Yeah, I mean, if Michael B doesn't get, and I, and I still say that he should have gotten one for Fruitvale Station. If right. he doesn't get that nom, yeah, then 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 Sloan definitely deserves it. Yeah, and yes, it. I would agree with Ricardo. It does play off the basic elements of. A standard Rocky film, but that's, that's in a problem. modern sense, it would. I still no, find it would. It still yeah. worked, yeah, but it, 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 only because it, re- it just replicated Rocky so much. It lost yes, a lot yes, of yes, yes. That's my problem. And I love how they pay tribute to the old films, especially yeah. from one to four, because yeah. I guess five still doesn't matter. Yeah, five is uh, <laughs> yeah. five is apocryphal as far as I can. Yeah, just so just so terrible. And I would I would confess there were moments like just that last fight, and when Bill Conti's music uh, comes up comes back. Yeah. If you know that song, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I got like teared up. Iconic music. I didn't want to t- 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 to cry this, but dude, that was just so. Oh, yeah, Mantez was shared. <laughs> yeah, Mantez was shared. Yeah. I admit it. I I I don't care. I I I love this film. So yeah. definitely check out Creed. Okay. Number, so number six. My number six is Bridge of Spies. Okay. Yeah. I right. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, so well done. It's yeah. Spielberg. No, I, I just thought that you would have put it um, a little higher. So I was no, no, it's, it's, it's yeah. there. It's uh, enjoyed Bridge of Spies. Um, 
didn't hate this movie in the sense that it was, it could have done so much more in terms of the ideas, but it was still well played out. It was one of the best movies of the year for me. Right. Um, right. Spielberg comes, comes back. Yeah, Tom Hanks. The, of editing, course, yeah, the, editing, the editing was so on point. It was there next to near perfect movie. It had its occasional Spielbergisms. Of course, of course. But. And then when you know the music swells yeah. up and you know you're supposed to yeah. feel that warmth in no, your they, heart. Like yeah. they had his, no, they had his last piece. The last piece of the movie was a little, little too Disney. A little too nice, a little too sad. Oh, yeah. Um, but for the most part, I but agree. That, that's him. That's his yeah, No, but it does a good job of what it is to have a good man be in such a dark situation. And it, they do that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they humanize everything. Spielberg does this. So I really expect, I thought the movie would have been as dark as uh, his last dark movie, which was uh, uh, Munich. Munich, yes. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't as dark as that. It was a lot more nicer. Um, but it's still well done. And right. again, cinematography and shots and everything was on point. I recommend it. Uh, British Spies, go see it, please. It was excellent. Cool. All right, my number six movie is The Revenant. Oh, I should wow. see it before it came down here. Uh, well, down here being Trinidad. Uh, we're, we're actually going to get two weeks from the um, time of this recording. Um, and if and when it does come out, please check this movie. Yeah, yeah, this we'll is definitely I, I'm, worth I'm, seeing I'm on the big screen, yeah, folks. Yeah. Um, you got a screener for it. Screener came out for a lot of people. Um, we're pretty much leakage. what I call um, Oscar Christmas. Yeah, Oscar Christmas. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. So while while I was like dreaming of being in the states to watch this film and another one which which is also my top ten list on Christmas Day, yeah, I got it before. So that was like an early Christmas gift for me. But yeah, yeah um, fantastic movie, cinematography. Wow, you know, um, using natural lighting all through, just really creating this beautiful yet grim picture of you know just a man's survival out in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, you know, DiCaprio as the as the protagonist. Wow. Right. Like this dude, like this, this is my pick for best actor, hands down. Right. So if the, that guy does not get a nomination, or at least some, that wins something. something, is wrong with the yeah. Academy. Yeah. He just puts so much effort into yeah. this film, like especially with physicality. I know he's doing another movie where he's playing multiple characters, a la um, John Malkovich. Oh, what? Yeah, okay. I, heard, I heard about that. I'm not sure with what, what I, I want to go and do some quick, just quick Google it to see what exactly it's about. But right. I, I, it, it's so I like he'll bring that, that, that little right. humor. I hear you're going to try to, like, he really wants that Oscar. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, he puts himself on. And now I really I, want him to I, get, I want him to get for this because yeah. he's good in this. Yeah, I, I like, I don't know, like, just really life threatening wise how far he went with this but yeah like on on screen right it shows just the situation that he's in and, and one thing i would say is that you know to survive you know, from ice. titanic he learned he learned how to survive ice yeah. no more sinking into ice water and dying oh yeah. no no, no. Yeah. this know. man just survives out it, in the cold the ice water yeah this thing mine this thing man versus wild is pushing the extreme right. and tom hardy was great he's easy yeah. antagonist he's the, the more talkative yeah. person while leo is the more yeah. conservative and um, I wouldn't say why but um, he why? hardly speaks in it yeah. so he has to sell himself in terms of just his physicality yeah. and there's so much on dialogue as well yeah um, some great one takes like if you're familiar with um, with Birdman also yeah. director but the same director yeah. you know the, what I'm talking the about the yeah. Yeah. and then there's a very very jaw-dropping but very grim powerful scene well I, I don't want to call it an action sequence, but this is a scene with, with, with Leo versus a bear, yeah, which is probably yeah, brutal. It's yeah. probably one of the most standout scenes I've seen this year, hands on. Yeah. So yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. I want to know a warning, a warning. Uh, this is just a little early warning here. Not for the faint hearted. Yeah. Yeah, not for the grimmer, not, not for the faint of heart. There are, there are things that, you know, will, will I know, might my, my make your my, my stomach churn a yeah, little no, bit. Brutal. Right. Yeah, it is brutal. It is primal. But that's what I love about it. It's yeah. just stripping 
yeah, the, the whole aspect of survival right down to his beast level, and I love that. So when it comes out, definitely, definitely, definitely check that out. Right, so, so number six, yeah, Revenant. Yeah. Right, so this is the list. No, number five, right? Yeah, number five. Right. So my so my list, the top five for me is just push buttons, push buttons movies. Right. Totally push my biases in all the best ways. Um, still very good constructed movies, but I'll admit they, they they got put over the top because of these push button moments. Number five for me is Peace of No Nation. Ah. Um, starring Idris Elba. Um, it's about uh, child soldiers in Africa. Yeah. And we did a review of that. In, well, yeah, in Ricardo the, did a review. Yeah, of it, in but. the script, in the script, African countries. We not text. We don't. They, they never said which country it is. More I understand. Um, but they, they do mention Nigeria and the UN. Um, it's really grimy, but really well done. Heartbroken, but really well done. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's it's one of the one of the best movies in the year for me. I thought uh, it was almost excellent. Um, really dark, really disturbing character when you learn what what is about. Right. Um, and yeah, it, again, banality of evil. It's just this is how the world is. Right. You know, live with it kind of mindset. Life goes on. Um, okay. But it's really, yeah, but it's really well done. I, I really really liked uh, this movie. All right, so my my number five pick yeah. Yeah. is um, well, sorry to cut you short, right? Well, yeah. my number five pick, and you might hate me for saying this, but I have to have to give credit I have to give credit where credit is due. Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Okay, um, um, not the best, <laughs> not not the best Star Wars film, obviously. A lot of movies, much like with Creed, way too overhyped, yeah. I would say. Much, but for no, what it set out to do, I say it would. Yeah, there's lost a lot of points because of because much like with Creed, it's just rehashing of the old stuff. You get True, what, especially and it is really noticeable because yeah. they took a lot from you know, episode you, four. You got, you got why they do it again. I call this the movie. The movie made one point, how much three yeah, billion dollars? Like a shit ton of, yeah, it, of it made it crossed the billion even by the time we're talking about this. It was ridiculous. Um, it's a very, 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 very popular movie. I understand why it was good. Um, yeah. but I couldn't, I couldn't defend this in any way. And I, I, these stuff like that now, this pattern of just repeating stuff that we, we see before. I, it's until that that as a factor is losing a lot of points. Yeah, and, and call it nostalgia for nostalgia sake. Yeah, I, I'm getting tired of that. But I get why this movie. Now, if they again, if this gets a pass simply because, um, you know, it's a first movie and it's resetting for a new generation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, JJ Abrams has a good job directing it. The actors were fine. The special effects right. were fine. Yeah. Action scenes were fine. Although I just find it was just too much of. Remember this. Remember yeah, this. Remember this. Still. But still, for what it was. And they wasted a lot of good I stuff because it. they could have done something new and wasted a lot of good stuff. And you know, well, like, true, true, true. Right? I, well, yeah, I will say, but I still enjoyed it for what it was. Could have yeah. been better. That's why I had it at number five. Okay. Couldn't put any higher than that. Right. Sorry. I give it. Hit me or love me well. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. So what's your number five? My number five. Mama's number what? Four? Five. Yeah. No, sorry. Five. Um, yeah. yeah, number five. Five. Yeah. Yes, five, yeah. Five, yeah, five, five. Six was Beast No Nation. Yeah. So five is? Five is... Inside Out. Yeah, this movie was damn good. Emotions, um, galore. I mean, Pixar now reached the apotheosis of their career in the sense of they give everything emotions and now they give emotions emotions. Yes. Um, it's Pixar's return to form. Um, this should, it wasn't higher because it's not the best Pixar by any stretch of the imagination for me, but it was just them returning to form. Um, really, really enjoyed. Really, really enjoyed. Uh, Pixar in this film, I uh, really enjoyed yeah. them as them being uh, coming back in terms of the full form. But that was it. This movie is excellent. All right. So my number four, yes, number four. Can I read it off of my um, phone here right now? Yeah. <laughs> so give me a sec. All right. So number four is a hateful eight. All right. 
Um, I won't go into details about what the film is about. I suggest that if you do decide to see that, I do strongly recommend that you do. Just go in not knowing what the premise is about. Go in and just be surprised. And yeah. boy, does this movie surprise me. Yeah. As a Tarantino fan, for years I would say, please say this is the darkest and most bleak work to, to date. Yeah. It's not an easy film to sit through, especially in the second half. Um, the ending kind of just left me speechless. I was just like, yeah, dude. I, you're, you're right, but you're okay, I, no, okay, or you're so, just like really pissed off at yeah, life. Yeah, mean, no, for, know, me, but, for me, this movie was it, a lot of people find it great. I, I just thought personally, I thought it was one of his worst films. Um, I couldn't get it, I, not as bad as in Death Proof, but it was just it, it. I think the one thing that killed the movie was the length. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that two hour, 25 minute no, length, long, along with the 50 minute, um, yeah, no, but it's too damn long. And for the length, it could have they could have done the, the, for the payoff. But the payoff is exactly what it needed to be. Um, if it was a, a shorter film, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. The dialogue, it trimmed off like that dialogue, it didn't have any intensity, and any payoff wasn't that good. Um, here's the thing: I'm going to watch this when it comes to cinema. I'm going to watch it over. I watch it home. I heard it. You're supposed to see it in cinema and enjoy it more. All right. Yeah. I might have a beer or two before I go see it when I go see when it comes down here, and I might enjoy it more. But I don't know. I'll give it another chance. But I couldn't get into this movie. Sorry. All right. Well, well, for me, I I love the performances. Um, I love the fact that. I no, mean, like, 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 for me, like, you just had to go in just knowing that you're not supposed to like these characters at all. They are, it's called hateful for a reason. They, they, they are really despicable characters. Yeah. But because of the, the performances and the actors behind them, like Kurt Russell, which is kind of jacked up macho version of, um, of John Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Um, Samuel Jackson as, you know, a person who you think you might trust at first because of his, his style and charisma, but then you realize there's something really deep and darker about him. And that is skin color, of course. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Um, I just the performances, everything was was great as well too. Tim Roth, Jennifer Jason Lee to extend all that. I find that she could have done a little bit more, but I do get why people like her character uh, a lot too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this was just Tarantino pushing a lot of um, buttons in terms of what, how we how we accept violence and you know this is stuff that we see on screen. How do we accept it? How do we take it? Right. And I like that. I like that you know he was willing to take that risk to just challenge the audience. Yeah. While at the same time, really create this kind of claustrophobic setting where you don't really know who to trust. And in this case, well, who is more bad? And, you know, um, the reasons why they are the way they are. You know, yeah. That's what makes it really a fascinating view. Yeah. I do um, admit that it, is, it, does run, it does run a little over long. Yeah. But I do get that Tarantino is really trying to create this whole epic feel. And I give him praise and credit for it. Um, it's not his best work. But as a Tarantino film, it's still excellent. If you if you love this this other stuff like if you love reservoir dogs if you love um inglorious bastards which i kind of find this movie is like you know a combination of the two then you will love this film but yeah as a fan two thumbs up yeah please check it out when it comes out see it on big screen yeah number four hit yeah late. for me the time i think it's just the time just water it down but hey oh any music by ennio morricone the ennio morricone yeah um the one who did the um oh gosh the the daniel the team yeah. song and whatnot fantastic yeah. score that score is going to stick in your subconscious these up this is movie yeah trust me so yeah number four right. hey, right so on to number three my number no my number four my number four. Oh yeah you, i keep forgetting i'm yeah. sorry, sorry. Number your number four, four the revenant revenant yes uh damn good love this movie we talk about it just now uh yeah grimy as hell yes really yes, well yes. done um the, that whole opening sequence reminded me of um you know, if there's a popular anime called Super Jail, 
that has yeah, this really these, these, these streaming action sequences where you follow somebody. Yeah, they had an opening sequence in this movie that was just like that. Right. But that took just grimy as hell, super violent. You get to see there's the realities of the frontier. Yeah. Um, skinning animals. Yeah. Skinning animals. Uh, brutal behavior against, you know, people. Just tribes being nasty to each other. White yeah. man being nasty to white man. White man being nasty to Indian. Indian being nasty to Indian. Yeah, just, just, just that crime, sort of violence, yeah. that's, that's of humanity, not yeah. nature. And then so they're being really violent towards a man. Yeah. Super wow. grimy, but wow. really well done. Um, good, simple story, but it worked. Um, yeah. But I got any Nira too, he come good with this one. Yeah. Really, really, really enjoyed it. He has to get, he has to, he has to get a best get something for nomination. Let's something for, for this year. If he wins, hey, probably I'll be shocked. Yeah, twice. I'll, I'll get shocked. Yeah, I was that. shocked when you won for Birdman. True. I love Birdman. I was shocked when you won yeah, for best Yeah. So number three. All right, so number three for me is um, The Martian. Oops, okay. Really, Scott's return to form. Yes. Although I will still defend uh, Prometheus. And no, I, I tried. I, I will tried, not. I will not. I tried it. And right? then you're going to do the <laughs> Let's not even talk about Exodus. Scott, yeah, oh, you're talking about not Prince of Egypt. Yeah, not Prince of Egypt. We're not talking about that. Yeah, but not yeah. Prince of Egypt. Really, Scott returned to the sci-fi genre with, with a rather unique film. Um, it's not nihilistic it's not dark it's actually really Love optimistic those. and uplifting yeah um it's really about like matt demon being this survivor this lone survivor on mars and just yeah. him not really trick giving up and yeah. trying it all and just yeah waited for death it's like all right i'm here in this position what do i do let me try and figure things out let me work things out and let me do what i could do until help comes and yeah. he does that you're in on your ride with him he speaks to the audience so he has this sort of uh, first person narrative kind of vibe going on as well too um the people on Earth, great performances down on Earth actually. Kate Mara, yeah. um, Ted, uh, not Ted, that's Jeff Daniels, yeah, even Childish Gambino, yeah, Don sure. Glover is yeah. on point. Everybody's Chino, on point. Chino, yeah. this, uh, yes, 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 he's great too. And they're just trying to figure out how to get this guy back. He has some nice old side roles. I think Mackenzie Davis was in this. Uh, yes, she yes, was yes. uh, playing, uh, she was one of my favorite characters from um, Halt on Catch Fire, right? Right, yeah, she was in this. She was pretty good in this. Yeah. I, I just enjoyed this movie, and also the music as well, too. The yeah, music great. was great. That, great that's music. 70s, disco yeah, music. Did, yeah, yeah, just added that whole feel good yeah. vibe because you know, what I mean, you just take this really sour, dire situation, like you know, what? right? I'm here, I'm gonna make the most out of it, I'm gonna survive, I'm gonna get out of here. Yeah, it's fun, and it happens. Love this. Um, performances were great, special effects were great. Um, acting was great, of course. Matt Demon, he has to get an Oscar nomination for this one for sure. Yeah, it would be good to, to see Matt Demon and Leo get a, a best Something. actor. I mean, they were in, um, they were in Departed. Departed. Yeah, shame Mark Wahlberg couldn't be on board. Yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah, had yeah. Ted 2 to deal with, right. but yeah, so, yeah, yeah, bullshit, yeah. Yeah, bullshit movies, 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 Number right. three. My number, number three. My number three is Spotlight. Right. I Another show with Oscar buzz all over it. Yeah. Again, little Oscar Beatty, much like the Danish girl. And I went, I went, I went Oscar Beatty given the, the nature of the material. Right. But this was still one of those that deserved the Oscar Oscar win. Yeah. Um, good actors. Uh, again, Birdman to reference. Uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Um, good actors. Just, just work. Yeah, great uh, Mark, script. I, I, great I've, script. I've read, Mark yeah. Ruffalo is in it. It's about basically stories about basically the first breaking in Boston about the, the, the child child sex scandal in the Catholic Church. Um, very somewhat relevant today, uh, but not really. They kind of just kind of toned down from since then. But it was okay, perfect. Okay. Um, this was so well done, well told, um, and you get to see how deep and dark that secret goes. And the movie does a good job. But it's not about the church so much as about journalism and the failures of journalism. All right. And just that aspect of how journalists have to always be on point about um stuff like this the really bad stuff 
right. Well, I haven't seen it, but do you think this is a, a best picture? Uh, it might. Um, I could see it. I could see it. Woody film. Maybe. Like, yeah, yeah, no, totally. yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I could totally see that happen. Um, that'll be a real snub if it doesn't, but it could. I yeah. wouldn't like you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I'll check that out because you know Oscar season is is coming up. Yeah. So I have to be checking out those films that you know may or may not get nominated or win uh, yeah. um, Academy Award. So yeah, jumping into number two, we're almost there, guys. All right. So um, number, two. number two, Inside Out. Okay. Best animated film I've seen this year. Pixar came back to form with this one. Yeah. Truly, you really hit me in the in the feels with this one. Yeah. Uh, moments where I nearly got teared. I, I didn't. I didn't cry, but Montez. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, just and just how they, they 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 visualize what goes on in, in not just a child's head but just yeah. in in our heads. No, I thought I thought they did a fantastic job of that whole. It's it, a lot of it is scientific, but a lot of it is not. And yeah, they and, they, and they, don't, they don't really like fight that dilute the, the, yes. the science or yeah. trade out there and really make it so hard. But they had, no, they had a lot of like a lot of good, like what he, what he utilizes a lot of old scientific theories. So a lot of behaviorism, a lot of art theory stuff wasn't it. Yeah, like, like abstract. A lot, thought, a I lot love of, that abstract. Right, a lot of, right, a lot of um, Carl Jung was in it, and a lot of that. You know, yeah. it, it's not modern science by any stretch, but it's a lot of Freud, a lot of Jung. You know, stuff that still people still mm. kind of use in today's world. So the, the language is about translating to an audience. Yeah. It's not about being scientifically accurate. Right. And I thought it was very well done in that way. Um, right. It was really well taught out in that. Way. It was. It was yeah. indeed. Um, P. I Doctor, P. Doctor did a great yeah, job. Yeah, P. Doctor, it. who directed, did a fantastic job. I love the voice acting. And you know, I don't understand Pixar went and did the good dinosaur. So such a waste of time for many people. Oh, well, I guess it's something that they just had in so, the yeah, yeah, why follow up? Yeah, why follow up with something like that? So it has I, don't know, well, I don't know what's going on behind them, but anyway, but yeah, yeah. Um, the voice actor was fantastic. Yeah. Amy Poehler, um, who else? Louis Black, of course, yeah, who stole the show yeah. as, as uh, Anger. Yeah. Um, people don't really talk about the music score, but I loved it. I fantastic thought it was beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful yeah. score. It really added to the, to the depth and the warmth and the, and the emotion of the film. Yeah. And yes, it is about emotions, but not done in a way just you know, just to push buttons and make it cry. It's just really to make it think about just about just life in general. Like as you get older, the memories that you hold on to. Okay, yes, memories and I would say memories is the major um theme of this thing. Right. You know, you're going through life and there are great things that happen to you, but as you get older you can't help but, you know, forget about them. And right. it's 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 inescapable and it, it, I love how the movie shows it. It's unfortunate, but you know, that's just life and you know, it's all paving the way for more memories, you know, and yeah. just for more things in life, you know, yeah. and I love how the film shows that, you know, so kids can watch it and enjoy it, adults can watch it and relate to it. This I watch got, it and it really hits my heart. You can easily get a sequel, I, I think. Um, I wouldn't want to see a sequel, right. but I guess it was if they take as the, is, but the, the, totally the, the central character and show If they could do a bullshit car sequel, they could do a sequel. If they could do a Toy Story too, if they hold on to that emotion. Yeah, exactly, they can make it work. Yeah, so... That's my number two. Yep. Don't let the fact that it's a cartoon fool you. This is no. a great movie, powerful movie, yep. one of the best of the year, yep. hands down. So, number one. Right, my number two. Oh, yeah. Oh, why yep. do I keep doing this? I'm sorry. Sorry. Your number two. I see. My I can't wait to get to number one. Is... What's your number two? My number two is The Martian. Ah, okay. So, uh, why again, did you love The Martian? So refreshing movie. My gosh. That's a good damn sci fi. Uh, well, well written, scientifically, mostly scientifically accurate for the most part. Um, and just the whole idea of just not giving up. I yes, love that shit. Yes, yes. Just like with the Revenant, just this, look, life get you down, don't cry about it, don't be a bitch about it. Let's get it done. Science yeah. the shit out of it, figure it out. Yeah, not don't, so much about physicality, but with your mind. With your mind, it's pure about just knowledge. pure will. Yeah. And you're gonna get it done. And you know, you're not gonna waste your time, waste anybody's time with this nonsense. And people complaining and saying how oh, the character needed extension or we and all that stuff. No, 
You know, no, he that, doesn't need that. It's, it's We've on seen Mars. That before, yeah. It's on Mars. He didn't have that luxury. You know, you know, at least with Earth, if you lost someone, Earth, you still have an atmosphere and oxygen to think to think about. Yeah. Nah. Like this is not gravity. We don't need to do that again. No, right? but so. the, the extension or we think didn't work. But to me, it didn't really work with gravity that well either. Whoever. Point is, Whatever. you, I love you gravity don't have so time <laughs> for that shit. You yeah. don't have time for that shit. He did not have time for that. He had a a, a, a budget in terms of um, oxygen and resources, and he had a, a limit, a time limit. Right? He had a schedule to stick to, and if he didn't stick to it, he was going to die. Mm -hmm. Full stop. I love this movie. Um, good, good special effects, good cast, good acting, funny movie. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's tons of yeah, great this, humor yeah. and again Ridley Scott returned to form everybody was on on point with this movie everybody was on the same page with this movie um it was just a great science movie you know yeah. just a, a great you know celebration of the intellect and exactly, the intellect yeah. over nature I like how you said a great science movie not a great yeah. science fiction movie. yeah exactly it's not a science fiction movie yeah, it's, it's about barely it. a science fiction movie yeah. so it, it, but they do a good job with it everything was plausible everything was plausible about it um, right so so that's my number right, two I so, love the Marshall um, right so now we're gonna get number one um yeah. uh, so I will I will allow you to say your number one first, and then I will right. jump into mine. My so, number one first. What's your number one? Number one first is what you put you put pretty low on your list, which ah. was Ex Machina. Yes. Ex Machina. I adored this movie. This was the ultimate push buttons movie. It covered almost everything I like about in science fiction. Um, all the coolest topics. It was Blade Runner without being too dark or anything like that, but it was dark in its own way, in sense of the movie wasn't so much about the science fiction. That was just the beginning of it. The movie was more about, yeah. The movie was more about um, human sociopathy. I, I don't. People like to compare it to Blade Runner or something like that. I actually put it more in line with with um with well, Nightcrawler. Well, you mean the conversation scenes? Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. You know. It had a lot of great science fiction, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. It was about the mind and what happened to the mind and how where to, where it would go. Um, you covered this already. You know, Oscar Isaac's character, that whole part about him talking about Jackson Pollock and yeah. him, where your brain that was a to, great scene, yeah, where your brain need to go to to be a creator and. He basically went crazy, but you know, in, in scientific circles, there's a term called going emeritus, where mm -hmm. basically it's a, it's a scientist who goes mad, but it's the same heuristics that made him a great scientist in, scientist in the first place, right. gone awry. And that's what happened to him, except this guy actually was solving problems with that, with that mad mindset. He went crazy. The guy was considering himself God, and he was so brainy, and, and unlike um, Caleb's character, which was played by Dominic Domnall Gleeson, yeah. Domnall Gleeson's character. Um, was more was more academic and and just quoting stuff and kind of seeming smart. No, no, no. This character was genuinely the, the right article in terms of intelligence. I love this movie. Fantastic. I totally recommend it. Yeah. Um, um I would say though, like like it certain things strong. happen that would yeah certain things happen that would require you to like um, watch the film over again because some things really do come like really truly unexpected for me. Yeah. I know some people might look at it and be like. Well, yeah, I didn't really like that part, or I didn't like the show so much because of what happened there, yeah. especially the end, which yeah. I still stay subject to interpretation. Right. But that's but that's that's true of like many other great no, no, but of the past. No, so. I thought I thought they did a fantastic job with that because you're still not clear on exactly what um, Nathan's endgame was. Yeah, or like it's, what the ulterior motive yeah, was. Yeah, you're not sure because a lot of people, my, my, like I have my own personal theories of what was was occurring, and I think my frank thing is that Nathan ultimately wanted to die and have um, and have that girl replaced. So he yeah. said that and she was she basically going on to conquer the world yeah and he wants he wanted that to happen so that's basically it all right um if you're hearing music in the background that's because yeah. um i love your song they're starting to blast some music just reminding us that it's past 12 and we are hungry yeah so anyway so so that's your take on ex machina yeah all yeah. right so my number one movie is mad max fury road all right yes 
I was expecting something greater to come out this year. I actually, I actually was thinking that Star Wars The Force Awakens would have taken it. But because of the whole nostalgia bait that they had, I'm sorry, I just had to get credit with credit. It's you, man. Not you. took it for me. Yeah. Now, yes, I would admit it is ridiculously overrated. Like, I can't believe so much of um of, of editorials and whatnot would rate this as one of, if not the best film of the year. I was so surprised. Because, I mean, the movie is a straight action flick. It is unapologetic about it. It is action from start to end. The story is basic as hell. Even more basic than The Road Warrior, which was a pretty basic story, if you think about it. Yeah. I um, mean, this one is just about, you know, you're trying to escape the clutches of this this bad person. And they realizing, well, okay, maybe the, the best thing to do is to try and go back and beat him or whatnot. It's just really basic, right? I know a lot of people didn't like the film so much because of how the story was and how skeletal it was and how the story, uh, how the characters weren't really fully introduced and fleshed out. But I would say it's like this. Even from, from page, from, not page one, sorry, from the minute the movie starts and when you see that Warner Brothers logo. Yeah. You are just dropped into this world. You are dropped into this post-apocalyptic Australia. Yeah. And they haven't moved from the spot. I, still in Australia. No, but I think and you're just like, like well, you're just trying to piece your way through this world. You are trying to survive. You are trying to make sense of everything that's taking place. Just like the main character. Yeah. No, my my issues I just again it wasn't fleshed out. They didn't flesh out for you, so you know. Um uh, yeah, true, true. Um I, I another thing that I hated was uh Mad Manaxon gets his car. So he didn't get his yeah, car yeah. back. And the he, car was there, but he didn't really I, get I, to I, do it. There's a lot of anymore. different things. Like, I don't have to so be the one to get, cap, capture him in the beginning and all that kind of stuff. However, yeah. I, I totally understand why people like this movie. I get it. Yeah. But I, I just couldn't um, myself get yeah. get into it. And I would say it's more it's more style and spectacle over right. substance. Right. There is a little bit of substance underneath. We have to kind of look through all the, the colorful visuals to get into it. Yeah. It does so much about the whole society breaking apart and all that, but just really, is there a way that is like this, you know, if the world really goes to hell, can yeah. we really kind of like come back out of it? Right. Is there a way that we can start over and start fresh and be new? Yeah. You know, and that's to me is the over overlying team, sorry, the underlying team of it. Um, Tom Hardy is fantastic as um, Tom Hardy. I mean, he's no Mel Gibson, admittedly so, but he does his best job, I find. Okay. Um, <laughs> Charlie Theron, she's great. She steals the show. Actually, um, I would say intentionally from um, from Max's character at yeah. Furiosa. Uh, the villain is over the top, just like uh, yeah, play the same guy here. from um, play the same yeah. guy from the first movie. Well, no, sorry, the same guy actor. who plays same the first actor. villain, yeah. who plays the, the yeah. toe cutter from the toe first cutter. film. Yeah. Uh, he, he he's not the toe cutter in this one. But he comes back as this more over the top villain. Yeah. And of course, the action sequences. My God, these action sequences are awesome. They're yeah. incredible. And they are real. Yeah. They, they have some some CG thrown in here and there as well too. But um, really and truly, what you see on screen, yeah. especially down to the explosion and the destruction, the cars and trucks and vehicles and whatnot, are real. Yeah. Um, it's from George Miller, who yeah. made the first trilogy. And, and just, babe. just the fact that and babe, yes, and just the fact that him at his age, because he was like seventy, yeah, I, yeah. I think by the time the movie came out, and just bringing that that youthful vigor and energy into this is just amazing. Like I, if, if if ever. I mean, I can't see it to the future, but if, if I get into film, I don't want to be 70 years old and making these kind of like um, existential kind of films. I want to be making fun films just like that. That's right. just me. Yeah, so that's um, our... It, that's our it, it looks beautiful, like cinematography-wise. The music by Junkie XL is fucking awesome. Um, and yeah, I, I can't even say enough about it. I loved it. I saw it on big screen, loved it. So again, loved it as well too. It may not be everyone's cup of tea, 
people might might want more exposition all that i do i i, I don't blame them for that but just for what it's set out to do and i will say like this is like the best 80s movie of the film it's like this is set out to be this this to me is like what mad max beyond on the film could have been yeah should have been like if this was part three this is like the true part three of of mad max yeah. so i just want to see how far this this series goes because I, I, I think we're gonna have a couple more like this is gonna be a new trilogy who knows but yeah mad max three road without a doubt in my opinion best movie 2015 see what you want i love it all right that's about this in here uh yeah that's a, a run yeah uh, um please. i remember you wanted to mention you you wanted to mention something about um this we're gonna, okay here's we're gonna record that later put it online um we'll probably go a, a skype one i want to do an addendum of the year in terms of review of the year and the nature of the year yeah not um, review is not our best content we'll just right. talk about uh that's the nature of the industry you know, yeah we we, we, we we probably might put it out like um later. like early but we probably might put it out like probably early yeah. um jerry right. i know for sure we're going to talk about it for late and revenant so you can expect that before that right. so yeah so that's it. Uh, we're gonna just sign off now. Too much music, too much noise. Yeah, too much music. Don't and mind Island Bear. We're still shouting out, yeah, but yeah, your music though. <laughs> yeah, too, uh, too 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 much hunger. So yeah, too much hunger pains. All right. So yeah, um, just you could check any um, right, check on the description below uh for this video, yeah. this podcast, sorry, yeah, for all our picks for uh for favorites of the year, yeah, um, and of course he will as well too. All right. Shout out to Island Bear once again for yeah. for for giving us the opportunity to do this. Yeah. I mean, we started off with them. It's only right that we end up with them. Yeah. So, I mean, 2015 was a great year for movies. We had shitty ones, of course. That's to be expected. But 2015, hands down, great for movies, great for music as well. Right. Um, 2016, waiting for that. Yeah. All, all, and, and yes, and season greetings. All the best to you all. Yeah. Thanks for those who, 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 who've been listening. You know, thanks for, for sticking around. All right. Thanks for checking it out. Like, share, subscribe. And yeah. Looking forward to a great 2016. All right, cool. So, later. Peace. Later. Peace. Right. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you listen to this. And right. happy 2016, guys. Right. Later. You're the best.